How fucking crazy is it to write these things in such a way that the listener can fill it up with their own experiences? Yeah. That's masterful songwriting. Yeah, absolutely. Because I would argue that none of this stuff is particularly vague. Like, right. You know what I mean? It's not full of just like a random analogy and illusion. It's not completely incoherent in that way where you can just say, well, I think it might mean this. But like, it's he's talking about something. Yeah. But it might mean something else to you but he again he does it in a way that like is is able to yeah, let that happen he does it yeah it, it's not it's not like sort of but yeah really really cool venue um it's a it seems to be a live nation venue so tickets are overpriced and stupid mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but the venue itself was really really amazing um i <laughs> I was I saw like six. I'm like, cool. Doors open at six. And then I was sitting here at like 530. And then I don't know what made me decide to look something up or whatever. And I was like, oh, God, it starts at six. And I, I really wanted to see the first band, which is called Fit, Fit for an Autopsy. So I was like, run inside. So doors were at six or it started at six? No, it started at six. So I'm okay. like, you know, um, right. got there and and. and End time to see most of their set. So it was it was cool. fit for an autopsy. Animals as leaders, kill switch engage, and Lamb of God. Um, I mean, the coolest thing was that I ran into my old friend Barry, who I didn't even know was living in this city anymore. I thought he was in because he moved to to Seattle, um, and then he came back to Texas. I thought he was in Waco with his parents, and then I get a text from him that's like, "Hey, are you at Lamb of God?" And I thought he just like knew that they were in town or something. I was like, yeah, man. And so turn around. <laughs> yeah. And then he was like, where are you at? And I was like, what? <laughs> and then I look up and then here it comes, man. <laughs> so just nice. sat and, and drank way. I drank more than I have. I, than I have drank in any like single night <laughs> since like my wedding. Like I drink, I, I don't drink a lot normally. So you drink like wedding drink. <laughs> I, the closest Damn. that I have drank to wedding drink in a, you know what I mean? In a long time. Um, I drink a lot on the cruise. That's, but yeah. Anyway, drank a lot and uh, just made jokes and screamed ridiculous things the whole night. And like it was, you do. Yeah. It was so much. And lots of Lord of the Rings jokes. So it, anyway, it was just great. Okay, <laughs> it was just a good fucking time, man. And I was just like, so happy to like run into my old metal buddy because because that's what we do. We go to concerts hey. all the time, you know. Cool, cool, cool. Um, super, super rad. Like one of the, just the coolest, raddest dudes. And then it, the, the, a funny thing did happen because he's like, "So I've been listening to the podcast." <laughs> oh I'm, yeah. And I'm like, "Oh, dude, thank you." You know, da 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 da. And then we got some conversation. I'm rattle off something. He's like, "I feel like I've heard you say this." <laughs> have you talked about this on the pod? I was like, probably, dude. There's only so many records in this jukebox. I just, you know, I pull them out a random order, but I, I you know, 
<laughs> so that's gonna happen. When you're just here saying the same shit you'd be saying normally. Yeah, yeah. Like it's not. It's not like I have a totally different set of things to say about suffocation <laughs> right. in my in private life. Right, right. right. <laughs> no, no. I hold on to like all We've, of. I've got podcast opinions and I've got real life opinions. It's completely never the twain shall meet. About the same. About the same things. Yeah. And I, you know. Uh, but it was great, man. The sound was great. Fit for an autopsy was great. Uh, Animals as leader was what you'd expect. Like they're like otherworldly. I don't know much about them really. I've heard it here and there, but um, I know like who they are and what they do. But I've just never really listened to them. Man, I I don't know how to like say a lot about them without sounding like I'm talking shit on them because I don't I don't love them the way that their fan base loves them. Um, but it's really, really like it's instrumental, like shint yeah. inspired, very, very technical music. Um, it's Tosin Abasi. Yes. So, yeah, if you know metal, you probably heard his name at least. Oh yeah, or seen him play something on YouTube or whatever. Yeah, everyone, everyone knows these guys. Dude's like a master at what he does. Absolutely, and and so. and so is Javier. That's the other guitarist name. I'm okay. Pretty sure, and so is Matt Garska on drums. You know, and I, yeah. my, I think my biggest problem or my bit, my personal, I'm sure that if I like sat, like, don't get me wrong, man. I had a great time watching them play and they're amazing. Okay. That's a band that I would love to see live, but or, or like I would way rather see live than listen to an album. Of. Well, and that was one of the things that made me like, decide, fuck it. I am buying a ticket to the show because I was like, yeah, man, I want to see animals as leaders, but like, I wouldn't ever go to a headline show of theirs. Do you know what I mean? Like I wouldn't. I wouldn't prioritize. That's what I mean. I wouldn't prioritize going to a headline show of theirs, right? Um, similar with Killswitch Engage, also. You know, mm. like a band who I there's material of theirs that I capital you know L O V E love, but I don't know that I would. You know what I mean? Especially yeah. now, because there's just so many concerts happening all the time. But but seeing them like all at the same time, it's like fuck yeah, dude, let yeah, me do that. It's like a yeah. bargain deal, right? Yeah, for so, sure. Sure. Um, but I think like my the problem with my like orientation towards animals as leaders is that the very first time that I saw them was them opening up for Dillinger Escape Plan, and they had uh, Naveen Copperweiss on drums, and he is a very different animal than Matt Garska. It's less of a leader and more of a He's a very different. He's a very different drummer. He's a very different drummer, and he's a lot more. um, Okay. Mm, Are you familiar with like Frank Zappa's Joe's Garage? Yeah. Album. Okay. Not intimately, but yes. So the drummer on that is this uh, drummer named Vinny Caliuta, Mm -hmm. widely regarded to be one of the best drummers. To have ever played the kid. I've definitely heard of him. So he is top, 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 top tier. Um, Matt Garska is like, plays like Vinny Kaliuta, but just like, just harder. Okay. You know, but it's that style. It's right. it's that, it to me, to me, it feels like that approach and that like approach to like, the to, that approach to odd time, that approach to like metric, you know, metric modulation, I'm doing fives and sevens and I'm superimposing. I'm going to play, you know, 
two over seven and then five with my foot and then you know and do a you know a rudiment a nested septuple rudiment inside of a whatever fill you know what i mean this is all stuff that i like i cannot do this <laughs> don't you know but I, I i i you know it had there's a sound to it you know what i mean and, and when i hear it i'm like oh that's that thing right, right. it's just that matt garska does it like like this you know inside of gent inspired prog music mm-hmm. instead of doing it inside of like Frank Zappa's stuff or or jazz fusion or whatever but he but and that's the thing like Matt Garska is a has dedicated his life to playing he's a freak phenom on the drums like has been playing since he was 4 started teaching lessons when he was 10 like he's one of those he's one of those guys okay sure um, gotcha and Naveen is a is different than that that's not like, you know, Naveen is, I don't know, his vocabulary is a lot more, oh, gosh, words suck. It's, it's more, um, okay. I, I feel like I, like I could, Matt Garska could play like anything and get the job done. It's sort of like, you know, like, oh, oh, cool. He's going to go do a jazz trio and it'll be great. He's going to go sit in with a Latin, a Latin jazz band and it'll be fine. Blah, 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 blah. And, and, and that's all in his wheelhouse and whatever, right. you know, Naveen is much more like, nah, man, fucking crazy metal is what I do. <laughs> and, and so his vocabulary and the way that he, the way that he plays, the way that he, he hits all those sort of things, like. When I saw him play with Animals as Leaders the very first time, and that was my first time experiencing their music, it really affected me. And I was like, oh my God, this is this music is so amazing. This drummer is so amazing. This is so intense. And this is like so crazy, but this is like so fucking heavy. But the way that Navin was doing it was like working for you. For it, me. It made that work for you. For me. Yeah. And then I bought their record immediately, and their record was all programmed drums. And I have basically never recovered from that <laughs> from the shock yes oh, I, i've never been able i've never like because to me I've, i haven't heard any there's been no, there's nothing that the band has done that has done for me what seeing them play live with naveen did for wow. me wow so he was not on their album he ever. wasn't on their album it's like a live recording is there anything for you out there <laughs> i'm sure there you, is. are you sure you saw this <laughs> yeah 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 is there evidence okay well, it, but yeah the the drum the the drums were programmed by like misha from periphery oh wow you know what i mean and so okay um that is a crazy situation then did, right did, where, he, did he stop playing with them like shortly thereafter yes oh that sucks yeah and so he never made like an album with them and okay. so so was it a case of like he they just hadn't written an album at that point when you saw them? No, no, no. They 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 so I think it was just that like I think just, you know, Tosin had written this crazy album and couldn't like wanted to make it but couldn't find a drummer that could do it in the studio well enough. And they just did the album and like found him later to play live. And yeah, and so okay. they so you know Misha programmed the drums and this is before like periphery was a was a thing was a name. You know what I mean? This is before all those guys were established. You know what I mean? So yeah. I think, and so that, that got the record made. And then it was like, oh, people like this. Oh, I'm signed to Sumerian now. Oh, now I have a network. Oh, now I can find a drummer. Oh, there's this guy, Naveen. Okay, cool. Right. You know, it was probably some situation like that, you know? Uh, and um, 
Damn. But yeah, like it, it's that sucks. <laughs> it's just, it's just really, it's, it's just my trip. All right, there are loads of people who love all of it. Yeah, and know? not to say that it's bad, but it's like you found the one thing where you're like, holy shit, it's, it's working, it's doing it, it's doing the thing, it's connecting. I'm right here. It's, it's, it's in my head. But and you can found that you can't get that back. I, I can't. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, 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 you know, it, it's an interesting thing. And there's like. I feel like a shit. I shouldn't even like really try to unpack any of this because I don't know enough. But um, it so I remember when I. It reminds me of this concept. Um, Dillinger Escape Plan. So I remember seeing Dillinger Escape Plan with Chris Penny on drums, their original drummer, and then I remember seeing them with Billy Reimer on drums, the drummer who played for like the second half of their career. Um, and when I saw them with Chris Penny on drums, I was like, that is a fucking crazy gnarly ass drummer. Mm-hmm. This music's pretty crazy too. But man, that fucking drummer. And then when I saw them with Billy Reimer, I was like, that's a goddamn crazy, amazing band. And that's the difference, mm-hmm. you know? Is is Dillinger Escape Plan with with Billy Reimer on drums and their albums with Billy Reimer on drums? It, I'm, I think about how good the band is and I think about how good the songs are. <clears throat> Interesting. You know. Now, God damn it, that's it's too. This is too reductive because sure the songs with the albums of Chris Penny are also amazing and they're and the songs are also amazing and all that sort of stuff. But yeah. there is like this, <clears throat> and it's probably just because I'm a drummer. That's probably a big aspect of it, because. Whenever someone like dips into that like technical drummer shit, well, like I I recognize it and I experience the music a little differently because of it. Sure, yeah, you know. And there are I I have the same I've had that with uh, uh what feels like a billion bands where I'm like, man, that guitar is just like kicking fucking ass. Mm-hmm. Like the shit he's doing is incredible. The 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 things that they're playing, amazing. But I just don't want to listen to this album that they're on, or whatever. You know that happens or, all the time. I feel like. And and I think I think for me sometimes it it over it'll overshadow the music. It'll it'll overshadow the band. Sure. I, yeah. I don't know if there's anything you can really do about that if you're if you know enough about something, like you can't help but see it that way on some level. Yeah. And and I, and I guess like just for my experience, I'm speaking specifically to my experience. Of, of this music, <laughs> you know what I mean? Where, yeah, yeah. um, because I'm sure that like, it's not, I don't want to like say some bullshit like, oh, well, Matt Garska and Chris Penny overplayed. That's, that's not what I'm saying. Like, no, like Matt Garska has been in animals at least for a long fucking time. If, if he's not the drummer they fucking wanted, <laughs> he would not be like, he's who's, he's who they fucking want, you yeah. know? But just that there was like something there's just because I guess like when I was when I was watching, this is it for me. When I was watching him, I was like, God damn, man, Matt Garska's a crazy fucking drummer. <clears throat> That's what I was thinking while I was watching it. And then um when I saw them with Naveen, I was like, God damn, this is a crazy fucking band. You know? Yeah. So I, I don't think this is as foreign a concept as you're 
making it out to be honestly i think it's i think most people feel that way about things well i just i just don't want to i just don't want to shit on animals i just don't want to i you know what i mean yeah, well, that's what i mean i don't think there, there's bands that i'm willing to shit on and they're just not one of them <laughs> we're talking about megadeth we're talking yeah about I'll, megadeth. I'll i'll talk shit on megadeth i'll talk shit on dream theater no, i don't think you are so okay cool but um yeah they were great uh kill switch engage played and they were fun but for some reason i want to know the i want to know why they don't play more songs off of fucking alive or just breathing like especially on a tour like this the where we're first album the first one that everyone knows yeah like the first it, one with howard no that it's was still with yeah jesse. with jesse yeah 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 and it's like okay there has to be some fucking reason of like why y'all don't like why are you not playing um fucking my last serenade why are you not playing life to lifeness lifeless you know what i mean why are you not playing these fucking songs yeah. that wow. like were, everyone in this crowd fucking knows yeah these are the songs that everyone wants how, yeah how long did they play for they played like an hour and 10 maybe like they played a okay they played mm -hmm. a lot of songs do they have a new album it came out three years ago so no <laughs> or four <laughs> years ago or something huh okay. you know mm -hmm. It's right. like, dude, I don't need to hear you play Holy Diver. I don't need to hear you. Did they do Holy Diver? They did. I know they covered it like famously, yeah. but yeah. And, and huh. it's like, I don't need to hear y'all do that. Like, I need to hear fucking Life to Lifeless. God damn! I would like to hear that song. Um, <laughs> I would like to hear My Last Serenade. Yeah. And 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 the and every other fucking song on that album while you're at it. Like, but but it was huh. they're they're a lot of fun, you know. But that's one of those things like some bands will they know that people want to hear shit and they'll they'll play that and then throw in some things that they want to play. And then sometimes they're just like, fuck it. Here's what we're going to do this tour. And that's it. Deal with it. Well, and I was like, I got real curious because I was like, OK, maybe they just are tired of playing those songs. So have they played those those on others? No. Stop from this tour? They just, no. It's, it seems like they have not been playing those songs, have been interested in playing those songs in like five five years or something wow you know interesting um sometimes they'll play my last serenade but it, like you that seems like usually you're just getting you're just getting one off of that record is usually what it seems like which huh now i guess i get that i don't know man it's weird it's weird to me like and this is why it's weird to me when i saw pantera open for black sabbath in 1999 okay they didn't play a single song off of Southern Trend Kill. Okay. I mean, that's weird in and of itself. <laughs> they didn't because they're like, all right, man, this is this is gonna be more of the normie audience. You know, we're gonna play stuff that more people are likely to know. Or maybe they were just tired of playing the song because they've been touring on it. Maybe, or, yeah. Or whatever. Because like, that album had been out for three years at that point. Sure, and right. There were some huge fucking important songs. For their yeah. fans off that album, but but I guess if if you're talking about a, a Sabbath crowd, then maybe you have a bit of a point there. Well, and it's just like that, that you, was Deftones, also, wasn't it? It was, and people did not like I them. I bet they didn't. It, it I it was. I hadn't thought about that till just now, but that's the only time I've seen Deftones. Damn, they um, only had Adrenaline and uh, Around the Fur out at that point. Yeah, I mean they were great. I bet. Um, I'd love to have seen them, but then, yeah. but people were not interested. I can imagine, yeah. So I can imagine that a Sabbath crowd, the people who come out to a Black Sabbath show in 1999. This was different though, because this was a set. This was a, a true Black Sabbath reunion. This was, yeah. the, you know what I mean. And this was like, man, that might be 
Man, if you if you're like, hey, here's one concert for you to relive. Mm. <clears throat> Man, that mm. one. That one might be it. That one. That that one's gonna be in the content. It's gonna be up there, man. Because I didn't see it, but I know that it was good to some extent. Because that's what that album is. That's what that live album is. Mm-hmm. It's that tour. It's it's fucking good. Mm-hmm. So and because it was, I don't know if there's ever like there was ever a concert that felt more special. Because it's almost hard to like remember because they did so many reunion since then and tours and. And that things. was the first big one, though. That was yes. like the first time that they all were there. Yes. Yeah. I remember that being a huge deal. And and um, so you had like crazy teenagers like me who loved this music and never thought that they were going to see it performed live. Right. And then you had people who had seen this music like back in the 60s. at its inception <laughs> yeah, yeah. and never thought they were going to see it live again. Right. And then you have like us high fiving each other and screaming the lyrics of War Pigs <laughs> together. And it's one of like the coolest experiences of my life. <laughs> because this was also kind of before like Ozzy became a weird pop phenomenon, yes. right? Like this was before yes. the Osbournes and all that shit. Yes. So he was just still the the guy from Black Sabbath and then Ozzy Osbourne as his music career was. Yes. Yeah. And that's also a very different thing it's almost hard to remember that too. exactly yeah like ozzy before he was a pop culture icon yeah before he was or whatever the right like right whenever it was like the prince of darkness that guy's like legitimately evil and dangerous he bit the head off of a bat unpredictable you know um yeah that and and i will talk shit on this though so i did go see <laughs> the reunion tour or their farewell tour or whatever a few years ago and like Sabbath? yeah in like 2017 or 2018 oh, wow. or something okay i think it was 2017 or something it was not good it's not good um and to me like think one of the reasons it's not good or why that version of sabbath does not feel good to me i think it's because of the drums so no disrespect to tommy you know klufetos or however you say his his last name man killer drummer he's amazing he was amazing drummer for rob zombie okay Mm. perfect drummer for rob zombie man okay but like when you go i didn't really realize it until i went back and listened to that reunion record that that live 99 reunion yeah. record with Bill Ward and like there's a there's a what makes sabbath heavy is is that they're goddamn blues rock man and that there is a there's a, like a, a yeah. it's a swing and a swagger to yeah. the drumming not a um it's not a muscle thing it's not a volume thing it's not an intensity thing it's a there's a there's a it's it's a swing thing that makes it, uh, you know, that it, that's what makes it heavy. Yeah, yeah. And and that was that's not there without Bill. Hmm. I, I mean, for what it's worth, I wouldn't expect a Black Sabbath tour in 2018 to be any good. Yeah, at it, at all. So and, and also like the marketing of the tour was really stupid. 
And like they had one opening act, this band called Rival Sons, which just seemed like a fucking bar band to me. Um, there's so, there's like, oh, we're a hard rock band, whatever. And so the crowd was really weird. If if that's what it felt like, it felt like this is like the, a classic rock crowd, and it's like that's just fucking stupid. If you're doing a Sabbath, like people in the crowd didn't know the lyrics. It was so strange to me. It, and it was it was like, man, like if you're doing a Sabbath fucking farewell tour, you need to have metal fucking bands on this bill because this needs to be like a celebration of the godfathers of the genre, you know, like. Get some goddamn metal bands on this, like put Black Label Society or some shit on <laughs> right. it. Right. You know, goddamn anything. Right. Any fucking like metal band. It doesn't even fucking matter. Like, you know, and that that was the thing that like kind of bothered me was just the, the tour bill itself. You know, it's kind of weird. But, um, but yeah, uh, and then Lamb of God absolutely delivered right. and destroyed. Like, cool. Every fucking single time I've ever seen them play. They just always fucking crush it. Randy is maybe the best front man to have, maybe to have ever done it. <laughs> like he is, he is, he is up there, man. I can't believe he can still do that shit. Like, dude is wild. <laughs> I can't, I can't like, I'm like, is he going to jump off of that? <laughs> Holy shit. He did. <laughs> you know, every, um, every time that dude sings anything, it sounds like he's like destroyed. He's just like shredding his vocal cords. Out and like does it for like an 25 hour, twenty five years, you know, or whatever. Um, Jesus, but yeah, just absolutely delivered. And it was the first time I've seen him without Chris Adler on the drums, right? Which was different. Which was different. Okay, but still very, 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 very good. Who do they have now? Uh, this guy named Art Cruz, and so, um, ab- I mean, absolutely killer, killer fucking drummer. Um, but there's a certain like mechanical precision and not like there's a certain like mechanical nature to Chris's time feel. That's, that's actually, that's pretty unique. Yeah. Um, and, and art, art is a little more like organic, I guess. I think I know what you mean. Um, not in a bad way, not in a bad way, you know? Um, this is different. It's just different. It's just, it's just yeah. I'm, this is like, I'm talking like. It's very like he still played like every part perfectly. Okay, this isn't like right. He like hit all the notes, just like a slightly different feel to some of them. Right, because there's like a cold, you know, like T eight hundred quality to Chris Adler's drumming. Yes, definitely. You know, that's like part of the appeal to me. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. To listen to that shit and hear it done so like perfect, <laughs> perfectionately. <laughs> yeah, I would say, but yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I still feel like Chris Adler doesn't get enough fucking credit for how how good of a drummer he was and how much he elevated metal drumming when he came out, man. That's crazy as fuck to me because, like, I love those first few Lamb of God albums, like, a lot. And that is a huge part of them is all those drums. It's so good. I don't know if th- there's no one. I don't know if there's anyone who has composed better drum parts in the metal genre. Mm-hmm. You know, I'd hear that argument. <laughs> like he's like, who? who's the best drum drum compositionist? <laughs> it's, it, it's Chris Adler. <laughs> That's crazy, dude. Do you feel like his 
influence just like dropped off after a certain point? Or? I think be, I think because everyone got so into blast beats, as they should, because blast beats are fucking amazing. <laughs> um, and he, you, and you, and he never really that, very that, sparingly. You hear like some kind of like some. You know, but never a full on traditional blast, never, you know. Um, and so, and blast beats are sort of like, I guess that's a good distinction. Like, I feel like his, to me anyway, a blast beat is it just gives an effect across, it gets a feeling across. It's not so much like, to me, it doesn't feel like you're playing a drum part so much as just. Feel this now, please. Okay. Whereas you're talking about how he composes drum parts, and I think that's part of what I like about his playing so much, is that it feels like he has thought about what he is doing in the context of the song and how it's going to affect and be affected by everything else that's happening. Because it all meshes so well together. Right. And to me, like, blast beats don't work the same way. For they, me. I, um, it's a vocabulary thing, right? And... Yeah. And and Chris Adler is not a death metal. He didn't grow up listening to death metal. He grew up listening to thrash metal. Do you know what I mean? Um, and I mean, and the early death metal before it sort of became codified, right? So like the early death records with like Gene right. Hoagland on drums and things like that. And and Gene Hoagland didn't play a blast beat, proper blast beat until Strapping Lad, you know? <laughs> right. So, um, but... <clears throat> Uh, and Lamb of God's not a death metal band, right? So it just might it it just probably wouldn't even just make sense in their music, right? Yeah. Um You know, death. You know, they don't really have that death metal influence from the guitar and the music side, right? Mm-hmm. Um, whereas Slipknot did. Like Slipknot had like just straight up morbid angel riffs. So to use that vocabulary, that drum vocabulary, with it makes sense. And so, but because death metal and its derivatives sort of became the forefront of technicality for drumming from sort of, you know, 2000, you know, late 2000s onward. Um, and since Chris did not use that, you know, it's like, all right, cool, man. We were, it's like, all right, well. You can't say someone's like the greatest quarterback of all time if they like can't pass for shit. Like if there's like this one aspect of it that they just don't do. Yeah. You know. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, I there's a better analogy in there, but I can't think of like one. I mean, I see what you're getting at. I was just trying to think of a counter example, and all I could think of was the one dude from uh whatever. Doesn't matter. But well, well, but it's like that guy might be the greatest for that team, right? He only has like a short passing game, you know what I mean? But it's like if there's this aspect of the game, an a- an aspect of the of the vocabulary that he does not fuck with at all, then it's like, all right, well, cool. You're not you're not gonna say he's the greatest. You can say he's amazing. He's this. He's whatever. But you can't like say he's the the, the you know. Well, I mean, is it that he? I mean, because that almost implies that he couldn't do it. I'm, it's, but it's it's just that the music that they wrote didn't. I'm, that, right? I'm just speaking to like I'm speculating as to why people don't talk about him as much as I feel like they should. <laughs> like why his that why his his influence because he was a fucking giant, um, and everybody was was fucking like 
trying to shed his stuff and be hip to everything that he 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 was doing, uh-huh. you know, from like the mid two thousands, you know, that like ashes of the wake through, you know, like wrath or whatever. It yeah. was like whatever that guy's doing, man. We got to fucking figure out how to fucking do that. Um, but then at some point, man, like it's just like. It's like, like it's like music just evolved a different way, like right, popularly. Right. Yeah, or like crazy technical drummer shit music, you know. And and he doesn't he doesn't he doesn't he didn't fuck with blast beats, you know what I mean? So whereas like Gene Hoagland fucks with blast beats, so his his legacy is intact. Okay, you know, like everyone is everyone is. Uh, on on him you know what i mean um or you know inferno from behemoth or whoever and it's um so and i i think i think that's that's why and why 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 chris feels like oh well he's over there Mm. you know but but yeah i don't think anyone wrote wrote better metal drum parts than than that fucking dude God damn, man. I, I don't know if there's like another metal band that makes me want to like practice guitar more than Lamb of God, man. Dude, like, <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I'm sitting here saying how important the drums were to be on those first few albums, but like, I know a lot of those songs and they're really fun to play. Those riffs are so good. Those dudes have, those dudes wrote some of the best riffs of all time. Yeah. Hands down. Absolutely. Shit like anything off of, uh, as the palaces burn, damn near. Yeah. Every single note from the first half of Ashes, <laughs> easily. Yeah, 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 uh, yeah, yeah. A lot of stuff after that here and there. Uh, but man, so many good. Oof. It's yeah, man. It, and I mean, they're kind of one of those bands where their albums stopped being interesting because they were just just like, all right, I'm sure that's great. Kind of, kind of. That's kind of why I stopped listening to them after a certain point. Like, like I was way into Wrath. And then kind of nothing after that. Yeah. That was kind of where I dropped off. Because I was like, this has all been really great, but I've, I'm just going to go back to Ashes of the Wake and and really just live there again for a while. Yeah, because it, it... It was one of those situations like we've talked about before where it was like, I've got what I need here. Yeah, 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 so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Everything's great. I'm not going to shit on it. I'm not going to diss it, but I'm also not going to go after it. Right, 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 right. I'm good. But yeah, those... Man, so fucking good. I had such a great time. Cool. So, yeah. Um, and I feel like we're in this weird spot where, um, we need to, cause that music ain't getting easier to play and <laughs> like, let, you know, like, like Meshuga, for instance, like that stuff's not getting easier to play, man. And Thomas ain't getting younger. Um, Yep. Lamb of God got a new young drummer, so they'll be okay for a little bit. But but now but now Randy, it's like, well, Randy's not getting younger. And well, they also one of the guitarists left too. No, Willie did not leave. No. Um, okay. He he was there. He was there. Willie doesn't. Willie didn't want to get vaccinated. Oh, is that what it was? And so, he wasn't playing with. Okay. So Willie doesn't play any, it, Willie. any overseas. He he only plays stuff in the country. That's right. I did read about that. Um, fucking... They haven't like made like an official statement on it, but people have like other people have said that like mm. or or like someone in someone in violence with uh Phil Phil Demo because Phil Demo's the fill in. Right. Um, right. 
they've been like, oh, yeah, well, they didn't want to get vaccinated. That's why they need Phil. So he can't make our gigs. He goes and does theirs. <laughs> you know, like. <laughs> so another butthurt that Phil isn't at their gig. So they're just like, That's, fuck Willie. <laughs> spill that tea. Yeah, yeah. It is funny. I think I must have. I know I talked about this. Yeah, no, I did. I did. I did. I did. But like the the, I, it's funny because that's the same same situation with Deftones. I, I like Stephen Carpenter. Right. Like they get a sub when they do overseas shit, but in Opeth, you know their their drummer uh, Martin Axenrod or whatever, he didn't want to get vaccinated. And they're like, all right, cool. Well, you're fired, um, because <laughs> you are an employee. Of Opeth, you do not own. Oh right, Opeth. Distinct difference there. And that's that's gonna that's like an aspect of that that people don't that I that I don't know that I would have thought about until yeah. like after reading about how well, how do you organize that band? How do you write your band agreement? Do you, how do you form the business of the band? Yeah, and how those decisions are made and whatnot, and you know so. So yeah, Lamb of God has to do a bunch of like silly stuff because Willie Willie is a part owner and they don't wanna And I mean and also like it sounds like they respect his his him doing whatever he's doing or whatever. You know what I mean? Like I, I don't wanna make it sound like that they're all like fuck Willie, you know. Um okay. yeah. I don't wanna make it sound like that. And they're like, yeah, well, we can't fucking get rid of him because he'll sue us if we do. I don't, you know what I mean? I mean. <laughs> but it, you know. <clears throat> I don't want to make it sound like they're saying fuck Willie. I'm saying fuck Willie. Yeah, I think it's fucking stupid. I ob I obviously think it's fucking stupid. <laughs> um, but, you know. Yeah. And that's the thing, man. Is it's like if they were a smaller band. Like they're able to, that's, that's the thing, right? Is that they're able to find solutions for it because they're a big established band and they can, they can fucking pay Phil Demmel to, they can, they, even Dude, if, if they, paying, if you're paying Phil Demmel to come fill in for you, like you're fine. You yeah. Know? Like even if they can't like, even if they couldn't like pay him for the gig, they can pay, they can like pay for airfare. They can drop the, whatever they need to fly him out and to, you know what I mean? Sure. Even if he was willing to do it for free. Right. Yeah. That that means if you're like some fucking you know mid tier lower band like you can't do that right you know you're not gonna be able to yeah that is a privileged position for sure so uh but yeah that's a uh, that's cool that's, yeah I'm glad those are good uh good shows I guess yeah. we'll, I guess we'll start seeing more and more of those popping up now just more shows dude it's been crazy. It's been absolutely crazy because so many bands couldn't tour for so long. Yeah. And so now everything is ever you know, there were there was a week like last May, this past May, where there was an amazing show every day of the week. <laughs> like every day. It's like, oh, Rotting Christ and Borknagar on Tuesday. Oh, Rivers of Nil on Wednesday. Oh, Danzig and Cradle of Filth on Thursday. Oh, Origin and Misery Index on Friday. Oh, you know, Convalescence Necronomicon. Oh, oh, and Ace Fraley's playing the same day here on Saturday. You know what I mean? Like, it was just every fucking day. Right. You know? And, um, nah, man, I, I, felt, I felt bad. <laughs> I felt bad because, like, tours were getting bad 
for some of those lower level bands because I bet yeah because there's just everyone is fucking everything's just saturated and it was even happening to the bigger bands too it's just you know like if you're if you're playing at like a 1500 seat arena and it's there's 800 people there and they spread out you know like you can take photos in a way that it doesn't look like it's empty do you know what i mean whereas if you're at a small place there's there's a big difference between 50 and 10 people yep you know oh i i know and um you know some of these some of these bands lost so much money um just just by luck of the draw of like oh well there were 10 other bands in town this week yeah man you know wow that's just it, you know just crazy shit problem to have right <laughs> when oh. everyone's like cool we can tour again time to go out and tour <laughs> everyone Damn, not going to work or or like then there's not enough tour buses shit like that right you know or like because of that that makes the price go up to where okay sorry guys we can't do our european tour because we would literally lose we would lose 80 grand we'd be paying to go out on yeah. tour at that point. and and yeah. we can't afford to, as a band we i think anthrax had to do that they had to cancel a european tour because Man. you know like, and so it's just everything is just fucking wild yeah. Wild, wild, wild right now. It's crazy. It will be for a little bit. Um, yeah, it's gonna be a while before things like normalize. But I wonder who's gonna be like the new slayer, right? Like who's gonna who are gonna be these new the the new big uh, you know, the new big headliner acts. Like the band who other bands will sort of come up on tour with. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I mean like Lamb of God is is a con you know. Yeah, I feel like they've been that for a while, maybe. I yeah, for sure. Um, but the thing is, is like they will be much older than Slayer. <laughs> like they're much older than Slayer were when Slayer had assumed that position. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean. Um, or or Slipknot. Like I don't know how much longer those dudes in Slipknot can keep doing that shit. Um, yeah, you know, like, I mean, they got a new drummer, they got a new bassist, they got a new other percussionist, but but they're like in their fifties. Clown is old, coming up on sixty. Yeah, Clown's old. Yeah, like, um, I mean, all he's got to do is stand up there, hit those trash cans, so it's not that bad. But sure, but still, yeah, like I mean, like another ten years, you know, we'll be talking before it's, you know, yeah, and so. It's just, it's just, I don't know. It's just, what's going to happen when that vacuum opens up? Like, are you, are, are all of a sudden, we, are we, are we going to be like, you know what, man? Fucking falling in reverse is pretty damn good. <laughs> like, are we going to bring me that, bring on that laptop metal? <laughs> I just need to see a fucking show. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Craving anything live. You know? Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I guess the, I guess one thing about that is like, I feel like metal isn't as cohesive an environment as it used to be either. What do you mean? Like, it made sense for Slayer to be that band at some point. Like, it made sense for Lamb of God to be that band at some point. Mm -hmm. But I feel like with the way the music, it industry quote-unquote has gone like the way it's sort of like we've alluded to before like how people uh, discover and can consume music these yeah days, you know maybe it just isn't maybe there isn't going to be one band for that to be anymore and yep. and and maybe because of that no no band will be as big as they were 
in the same position, but maybe a lot of smaller bands will have. You're right. Getting there, you know, something like that. You're right. That's it. That's exactly it. You're mm-hmm. right. Because. Well, thank you. Um, no, that's absolutely it. Because while there hasn't been a new, you know, there's not many like new Panteras or new. Or Slipknot even. Or Slipknot or, yeah. or, or whatever. Well, and, 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 you know, part of it is that there are newer heavy bands that do pull those numbers um, that kids are into. It's just we're not into them. And so we don't know about them. Also true. You know, so also true. that's something I, I, I want to acknowledge. Uh, uh, but that is the thing, too, is that, you know, back then, like, you know, you th- I think about like the late 90s or the early 2000s and, you know, Slayer, like, all right, everyone, everyone, if you liked metal, anyone who liked metal went to the Pantera show. And then all the real crazy motherfuckers all went to the Slayer show. Right. You yep. might have also been into death metal and all that other shit, too, or, or whatever or whatever or whatever. But you but but the Slayer show was like a tentpole, an event. Right. Yeah. And now it feels like all the underground scenes and all the subgenre scenes are much more healthy and, and doing much and are doing very, very well compared to what they were like 20 years ago right you know i guess I mean? that's i mean maybe not so much in terms of touring because you still have to book a place of a certain size but like i feel like a lot of the subgenres have their own slayers to some extent yeah sure 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 well uh, i mean like but but you're also not gonna get well fuck i don't know i don't know if I'm, enough about it i was gonna say like you're, you're probably not gonna get one of them to book the, you know the Revention Center or whatever headlining. Right, 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 right. Dude, yeah, man. But dude, I don't know for sure. I will I will every two years I I will very happily, like every, you know, um eighteen months, I will I will throw down thirty dollars to go see Suffocation at White Oak Music Hall. Forever. Right. I will do that forever. Right, right. And and, and I'll I'll do the same thing with Baroness. Like exactly it, Exactly. There's it, those type of bands now that are able to sustain themselves in that way. Right. And Suffocation is never going to headline the 713 Music Hall or like Lamb of God did, or they're never going to. And, but the people who love them will be there every goddamn time. <laughs> right. And, and that, and, the, and there's enough people that love them that will sustain that, that, that that's enough to sustain them. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um. Exactly. And so I think that's, that's I think that's the real answer as to why you don't have any why you're not why there don't seem to be these new you know like tent pole yeah, acts like that. Right, 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 right. And why all of it all of those acts tend seem like why it's like those guys are so much older. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like, like you look at a big big festival headliner, you know, or things like that, and it's like when was this act not a headliner? You know what I mean? Right. And that's an interesting thing to think about, you know, like when, you know, what are the last acts that really like climbed the ranks, you know? And it's really interesting to like compare like Slipknot and Lamb of God because Slipknot like just came out of the gate. And then within a year we're like, well, we're it. Exactly. You know? And then they were for like two decades. And they have been, (laughs) And whereas, like, Lamb of God, like, just claw, like, each tour was, like, a little bigger and a little bigger yeah. and a little bigger. And then, 
and then they released Sacrament, and then it was like, all right, well, we're headlining now. <laughs> what, do you remember what album was up when we saw them on Unholy Alliance with Slayer? I'm sure it was Ashes of the Wake. Okay. Yeah, maybe so. I can't remember what year that was. It's like late 2000s, mid to late 2000s. It, yeah, I don't think it was Sacrament yet. I don't think Sacrament had come out yet. Because I think Sacrament was like 2006? Yes. Yeah, because Ashes was 04. And but second, yeah, man, God damn it! I'm, I'm gonna, I, that's gonna, that's gonna, that's gonna, I, <laughs> I, I'm gonna have to find that right now. Um, <laughs> Reference time. I need, I need to find that when, when that show was because that's gonna, because that, I mean, that proves the example right there. Like, they, they were opening for Slayer, and Slayer was that band at the time, right? And Slipknot was to a certain extent, but not to the same audience, I think. There was still like because new metal was still a thing, right. right? Whatever that you know. So there, like, Slipknot hadn't like won over all the converted yet. Yeah. Okay. There weren't all maggots yet. Okay, it, it was um, two thousand six. It was June of two thousand six at the Unholy Alliance tour, and I think that okay. Um, I think Lamb of God Sacrament came out later that year, or. Later that year. That, that would check out to me. It was definitely 06. So, Lamb of God, Sacrament. Yep, August 2006. So, and then later they did like a headlining tour with Trivium, Machine Head, and Gojira. They played in Dallas, and we saw that in 2007 when Machine right. Head was, had just, was about to drop the blackening. blackening. Yeah. Right. So. Man, speaking of tours, did you hear about this When We Were Young tour or uh, festival? Uh, uh, there were some high winds. That's what I saw. Oh, yeah. That. <laughs> but first of all, did you just like know about that festival? I saw the lineup for that. I was like, that that seems fake. Wild, man. <laughs> so that wild. seems made up. Headlined by like My Chemical Romance and Paramore among a billion other bands who were around uh -huh. and, and relatively huge in like 2002 or so. Right. Or t 2002 to seven-ish. Yeah. Right along in there. And yeah, the first day of that festival got canceled because of quote-unquote high winds. Like an hour before it started, people were in line. Like, can you imagine? <laughs> That's wild. Insanity. I don't know. Winds up to 65 miles an hour. It says. We're just a fair, you know, I don't Fair know. Fair enough, but like Jesus. Yeah, I don't know if I've ever I've never been a I don't know if it's ever been oh no, there was one. There was a, a voodoo fest that the third day got rained out. Mm. Half of it, the last half of it or something like that. That but there's <laughs> that has but something like that, like a destination thing, like you, you get yeah. plane tickets, plane ticket, you know, you you're, go there. You're there you got like hotel room or something like that. Yeah. Camping on site. I don't know if they no. had that, but no one wants another Ross Gilda. So another what? Uh Ross Gilda festival. That's the one like where there were like Pearl Jam was playing and like people fucking died during the set and everything like that. When was that? I was back in the nineties. Oh. You know. Huh. I don't recognize that name at all. Yeah. Um <laughs> no, no one wants another one of those. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, but w reading that story, I was like, I forgot that Paramore was there, and uh, Paramore is a band that I've always like 
liked some of their songs. Okay. And they're not a band. I don't like that genre of music. Yeah. I never yeah, got yeah. into that genre, that sort of like emo punk mm-hmm. sort of thing. Mm-hmm. But there was a time when, I think it was like around 2008 or nine or so, that I had not been listening to popular music for most of that decade. Okay. And then at some point I was like, I, I just like turned and looked behind me and said, I need to look back at what I've missed. Okay. And just went and found a lot of shit that I had skipped over. And I was yeah. like, there's a lot of good stuff in here, actually. That's, that's been on the radio this whole time or, or whatever in that popular pop punk emo sphere. It's mm-hmm. like, there's some pretty good stuff in there. And Paramore was one of those bands. Um, and uh, I've always liked some of their songs, but for whatever reason, like, the other day I found a live performance of them doing, oh, I know what it was because they started playing misery business again, Okay. which is like Haley calls the per, the object of the song, a whore, the target of the song rather. Okay. And she felt bad about that later. So they stopped playing that song for okay. a long time. Okay. Okay. And then they recently started playing it again. Okay. And I think she like changes the lyric or something, but anyway, I, I like, that's a great song. Okay. It's a fantastic song and she's an amazing singer. Yeah, but I saw like a performance of them doing that at some awards show where it's just like them sitting there with the acoustic guitars, and she's just going to town like belting it out, killing it. And I've watched that like ten times in the past couple of days. It's just okay. a really good performance. Okay. So, not much more to say other than like they're like a weirdly good, talented band. Like, yeah, they're, they're crazy good. Yeah, they're they're one of those bands where any time that I accidentally hear something that they're doing or see something I'm like what is that i'm like what's what what's going on over there you know yeah uh, you can tell that they have something going on where it's like this isn't just emo punk bullshit <laughs> yeah i there's a lot of talent here i feel like i feel like there's a lot of that like any any time that that stuff sort of comes up randomly i i i have that feeling of like damn <clears throat> i missed out <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, to some extent, which is what that's what made me do that. And I was like, man, there's a lot of good stuff in there. There's a lot of bad stuff, but some pretty good stuff too. We listen to a lot of bad stuff too. There's a lot of absolutely. Bad, <laughs> there's a lot of bad stuff we did not miss out on. Absolutely. There's a lot of bad stuff that I bought albums for and loved for a long time. Yeah, yeah. yeah <laughs> and then eventually yeah, yeah. said, ooh, hmm. yeah. It, yeah, it goes both ways. Yeah. <laughs> so. Ratty waddies, man. Anything else you want to riff on? Yeah, not really. This feels weird. We've been recording early, and so it's like it's only like eight thirty right now. <laughs> right, we got like a whole four and a half hours. <laughs> yeah, man. Strap Get ready, in. motherfuckers. Strap in. Oh boy. Um. All right, you want to hit the topic of the day? Yeah, let's jump into that. Okay, so, so the topic of today is um. Is more Baroness. I don't have a good. I was gonna try to think of like a weird pun. I got nothing though. Yeah. Um, other than to say, fuck yeah, more Baroness. <laughs> fuck yeah, more Baroness. Um. So so we're gonna talk about the two uh, albums or three albums, depending on how <laughs> you split it. Right. Yeah. So blue and yellow and green, or blue and yellow and green. Yeah. 2009's Blue, and then 2012's Yellow and Green. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, which could could honestly go either way as to whether or not that is two albums, but it is very clear why they put them together to me. So. <sighs> yeah. So, 
All right. How do you want to get into this? Um, man, I have a lot of notes, but we do not have to go through them all. Um, boy. So I was, I was happy after last, after the last pair of episode, because you seemed, uh, uh, pleasantly pleased with <laughs> what we went through, what we went over on that episode, which were the first few EPs they did mm-hmm. and their first LP, which was red. Yeah. There's a lot of good stuff on those pieces of music. Very much so. Um, and so there are uh, some differences going into blue from from those, and then even more so into yellow and green in different ways. Mm-hmm. And so I was, I was curious as to how these would hit you. Uh, I guess just to preface... Um, as opposed to like going through all this and then just saying it at the end as a summation, but like these are two of my favorite albums ever. Like, okay. Like yellow and green. If I, if you had to say like pick three albums to listen to for the rest of your life, that's one of them. Maybe it's the only one actually. (sighs) So, uh, so that's where I'm coming from on this and and blue blues up there as well. So, so that's, that's where I sit. Um, and I got a lot of things to say about these albums. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. So again, again, to, to sort of orient, right? So you know where we're coming from here on this. I, y- yellow and green, specifically yellow. Um, because it's the first album. It's the first disc of a two disc set. Which I only that's just how you I, do it. That's just how I do it. That's how you I roll? Only, like I only listen to the pink <laughs> disc on Melancholy. <laughs> And, oh yeah, <laughs> and I only listen to the first one on Stadium Arcanium. Mm-hmm. It's just just how I do it. Right. Um, no, uh, I, I didn't know until until a lot of deep reflection and digging into things and really analytically, I I, I, ha- I think I have some reasons why I gravitated towards yellow so much. But anyway, yellow. I'm just gonna refer to it as one thing, but yellow and green. Yeah. I might feel the same way that you feel about that album. Um, that is mm. um, tip top one of my absolute favorite, 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 favorite albums. Like if you if you pressed me to like have like a top a top five, you know, like who, you know, so yeah. What's different, what's what's interesting is that that is the only Baroness album I had a relationship with right prior to doing these podcasts. Right. So that's what's that's what's different. So for whatever reason that one was able to to get in um yeah. So but yeah, so that's that's where I'm that's my that's my reference. Yep. So, so what was the first Baroness record that you heard? Was it Blue? Red. Okay. I, I came across Red sometime in 2009, uh, which was the same year Blue came out, but it was later that year. Okay. And so I, when I saw them first that year, it was on the tour for Blue, but I think it either had just come out or it was about to come out. But I had at that point like gotten way into Red. I see. So, so did so you were so did you buy Blue when it came out? I don't think I bought it. Yeah, we didn't buy. <laughs> this was a weird period where like streaming before streaming services had really like filled the niche yes <laughs> um yeah i mean i had mp3s from somewhere 
I don't know gotcha. where anymore, but you you listened to it. Yes. At, you know, as it came out, I acquired it. You acquired at, at it. some point. Yeah. Um, you fanned it. Yes. And weirdly enough, I I don't remember or I don't know why this was, but the the version of that album that I had at the time, because I don't think there were multiple releases, but the version that I had was missing uh, track eight uh, or Hell and Hide. Which is the one with like the sort of spoken word? Yeah, yeah, with stuff. the sample. It, it yeah. sounds like a sample. Yeah. So yeah, I didn't yeah. hear that until like years later Weird. when I like found a different version of the album. <laughs> Weird. I don't know. I, I'm assuming that like, whoever like ripped it just left it off or something like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so it yeah. just became one of those things, you know. Oh man, like that shit so, we were talking about with Harrison, like where you're torrenting shit and you get like yes. weird, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, the song said Pantera Walk, but it was like <laughs> some death song or whatever. You know? Yeah, Just yeah, yeah, yeah. Something yeah, wildly yeah, different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, no, dude, I'm telling you. No, dude, there's a Slayer song that Dave Mustaine sings on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, called Hangar 18. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, no, no, no. Cool. <laughs> Tom, Tom Ryan joined Soulfly or joined Slow. <laughs> He quit Slayer, bro. Yeah. Corey <laughs> quit Slipknot and yeah. he's in Soulfly now. He's a backup singer. Oh, yeah. God. <laughs> All right. So what were your um, impressions of Blue when it came out? It's kind of hard to remember exactly. Uh, I definitely loved it. Uh, there was no question that it was amazing, and it was more Baroness. Mm-hmm. And at the time, there was just so little before that. But it was like I had just discovered them. It was basically all in the same year that I discovered Red okay. and then discovered Blue right after that. So it all kind of hit me re- relatively closely. Um, but it was more Baroness, and it was... Uh, like, one of the things about this album is that there's a different production style to yes to red yes uh it this album feels like thicker and it feels like muted in a way and sort of uh uh overly compressed but way louder almost it's less dynamic yeah yes there you go so uh it, it's and it's and it is a it's less of a like a transparent production Yes. Right. And that's yeah. one of the things that's very... That's what I mean by thicker, I guess. Yeah, like yeah. that's one of the things that's really unique about Red is that it's a very like clear, transparent production, like similar to to like a like a Cowboys from Hell, like an early Pantera right. production where you're like, that's what that's doing, that's what that's doing, that's what that's doing. There's it, there doesn't there doesn't feel like there's like a like a white noise mids knob turned up. Just that's you know what I mean. It's like it's exactly. very very clear, and yet on red there's still sort of so much vibe. And there's because normally when you have records that have that sound, there's not a lot of um, emphasis on like performance. There's not a looseness to it, and it sometimes doesn't sound full. And, right. And red sounds very full, and it also is very. It feels very very alive, and in very organic still. Which yeah. it's rare to get both of those at the same time. Absolutely. And and bl- yeah, blue does have a, a different production. Um 
it, it almost like has exactly what you said. Like they, they were just like a mids knob, like a, a mids fuzz knob. <laughs> yeah, that yeah. They turned up almost constantly. Uh-huh. Uh, it's it's across everything, like it, to the point where even as well as I know these songs, like it can be hard to pick out what's happening sometimes, even though I know exactly what's happening. Right. Yeah. I I know I had written was like I don't like this production, but it's growing on me. Yeah. You the, know. The, I I kind of like it in spite of itself. Uh, because objectively, I'm like, this is just not as good as, this doesn't sound as good as red or yellow and green. Uh, so. Well, and that, let's keep, we'll keep, keep going, we'll keep going. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a, uh, that's my biggest knock against this album, uh, for sure. And it kind of, it, uh, it affects my, like, uh, um, perception of some of the songs, whereas it, it makes it it, make, it, gives it gives it a vibe it may not have otherwise had mm. if it sounded more like red, but I think it's also in line with like the feeling that they're going for lyrically and musically. Yes. So I yes. think it works. Yes, I, I think it's I think it is an artistic choice because overall there's a lot more notes on this record. <laughs> um, <laughs> It's a lot. Yeah. It's a lot faster. Yes. The average song is like I, I, I fucking like. I, oh yeah. Let me do the tell the tempos for red. <laughs> let me do all the tempos for blue and make sure I'm not crazy, and and I'm not. It's no, you're yeah, totally. Um, and and it's also much more um melodic. There's a much more emphasis on on melody. I feel like to where yes. You know, there's there was like one song in particular where you're, yeah, on the second track, whichever one that is, sweetest curse. Uh, yeah, where you're getting a vocal doing the melody, and then the guitar does the same melody, and then embellishes it. You know, and, and, yeah. and it and but but that kind of sort of uh, putting a melody at the forefront, like the melody is the coat hanger of this song, not the riff. Mm-hmm. And that's a different. That's different. I don't think they've done that yet. Yeah. Uh, up to that point, you know? Yeah. They, it, that's definitely a uh, recurring thing on this album. Mm-hmm. That's what, like, what a lot of these songs are built like. Uh, so this was the first album with uh, Peter on lead guitar. Mm, uh-huh. Because after Red, their guitarist uh, left mm-hmm. at some point. Uh, and so they got Peter... Uh, Fuck! What is his name? Last Will name. Doer from from Soil Work or no 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 <laughs> no. But, uh, no. Yeah, he, no he plays drums in the Haunted. Uh, <laughs> I'll look him up real quick. I think I already got it open. Oh, okay. No, nope, I lied. I don't. Anyway, uh, but this was the first album with him, and what he brings is. So they had vocal harmonies on the first, on Red. Okay. And maybe one or, eh, maybe not on the EPs, actually. So he really brings serious vocal harmonization okay. to Baroness. Like, it's, okay. it, it was happening sometimes on Red, but it is like all over the fucking place on this album. <laughs> okay. And, That's interesting. And dual leads. And like you said, they sort of work well together where they sort of feed off of one another. Yeah. The, the vocal harmonies and the uh, guitar harmonies. Okay. That, so go ahead. Sorry. That, yeah, that's it. That's a thing I, I didn't really pick up on as much because 
because this is because yellow is my foundational, you know, my core Baroness memory. Right. Um, it's Peter Adams. That's it. It's It was hard for me to sort of. Um, it was hard, like like the, so. If there's an element that's present on yellow and green. And 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 like like the vocal harmonies, yeah. And then it, it's it's for introduction and leaning into it on blue doesn't seem novel to me. So it didn't it didn't stand out to me. What stood out to me were the things that are not done on yellow. Yeah. And 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 so I think that 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 actually colored my experience of this record. This one was very it was very difficult for me to find my way into blue. I kind of expected that it would be. So, yeah. Whereas red was like fuck yes. You know, we're like especially the EPs, like the EPs I was like cuz it's so far removed. Yeah. From from my you know and it's almost like if you know what to listen for, you can tell that that's Baroness still. But otherwise, Kinda. it may as well be a totally different thing. <laughs> yeah, and it's closer to stuff that I that I already understood the vocabulary for now, like right. sludge and, and and doom and stuff or whatever, and and then red was just that kind of like perfected, and it's like slower, it's more vibe, more space or whatever, mm-hmm. and then this record is a little more dense, it's faster. Um, to me, it's more akin to those EPs in in a lot of ways. Mm, interesting. There's more screaming on on this album than there is on Red. Is there? Okay. Okay. Not a ton, but there's just more. Okay. Than there was. Again, because I and I, I kept trying, I kept going back and listening to songs off of Red. Like I was like, let me try to like orient myself to this to the evolution. Right. That's what I was really trying to get a handle on. Mm-hmm. Was this evolution and it really wasn't so like some of like the first things that i wrote like on my sort of like first impressions you know um kind of like this this thing i said earlier about you know melodies versus riffs which that's kind of an interesting thing to think about anyway is like what's what what's the difference between a riff and a melody right yeah that's a really hard differentiation to make and period you know, like, and I, and I guess, like, a, a riff is something that has to be played that way on the on that instrument, and you know, yeah, I feel like it's usually something that repeats a lot yeah, of times. Yeah, right, 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 right. But maybe a melody can go on for longer or whatever. It's it's nebulous. Yeah, it is nebulous, and and well, a melody can be can be played on different instruments. <laughs> is is one thing, <laughs> you know. Um, and it still be that melody, mm. you know. I don't know if you play walk on a on on another instrument if it's still walk, you know. And I mean, it's not going to work the same way, but the, yeah, you can. yeah. And like, I don't know if you could build a song on it. That's really the thing, right? Like, <clears throat> if you take it, mm. you know. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I don't, I, you know, not to go on some digression about that, but just that there's a different, I think it's, it's more, it's, it, it's probably more a difference in how it's used compositionally is, is maybe that's probably the, the 
biggest indicator, a riff versus a melody. But um, yeah, I was like, the song structures seem more straightforward, for lack of a better word. Like, there's like a beginning thing, there's a vocal thing, there's another vocal thing, there's a middle thing, and then they do the other vocal thing again. You know, that's yeah more how this record flows. They sort of continue the the trend as they always will of like not really having choruses. Yes, but there are vocal parts that repeat. There are. Yeah. Um and there's, you know, just not just not traditional choruses in that way. Uh, yeah, 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 so. not yeah, 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 yeah. Um and I was like, yeah, overall this is a little harder for me to grab onto. It's too close to yellow and green, but too far from sludge. <laughs> The riffs don't j- just don't do it for me as much. I think it's faster overall, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it definitely is. It's 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 more it's more of a metal album than Red was. I I actually disagreed with that. I I I I felt like it was more of a. Like, I felt like Red was more of a metal album, and this was more of like a rock or like a punk album like a punk rock album almost okay i can see that differentiation yeah um okay and because of like the tempos and the there is an intensity to it but it's an intensity that i don't like (laughs) um so now i say it sounds it sounds like that was the my final opinion okay nope that's it we're done we're done next um but it wasn't until Okay, so here, here's what I wrote down. Um, it took several listens. Like, I listened to this, like, two or three times. And then I was like, all right, well, that's what I think about. Let me move on. <laughs> and, yeah, I was like, it took several listens and then moving on and coming back to get this one, to get Blue. Um, or maybe to even to just get Baroness as a whole okay okay log with me on this gotcha um as a side note this is definitely the one that i listened to when i was like all right man well i love yellow and green let me listen to the one you know right before this will be closest to it and and i was like fuck i hate this (laughs) um wow and so but but this is this was what happened okay I, I listened to yellow and I yellow and green and I thought all the amazing things that I think about yellow that we'll get to. And then I got to green and this is what I said about green. It's like I love it, but not in the way I love yellow. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I just cracked the Baroness code. <laughs> each album is very different. And you have to accept each album for what it is. And it's not just the trappings that are different. It's the themes and the emotional core and the the essence of each record is very different and it was understanding because i already loved green and already loved yellow but i much i loved yellow much much more yes and listening to those back to back it was like oh well because these are very different yeah and then sort of like oh okay and i have to i have to go back and listen to blue for what it is. And because like there are some bands where they're they're trying to like they're trying to do the thing that that band does. And each album is an attempt to do that thing 
in a little more refined way. Uh-huh. You know, or in a slightly different way, but it's still doing that thing. Like yeah. the like the emotional core of Mashuga has been the same since the beginning. Uh yeah. More or less. You know, They've just done it faster or slower or more or less complex. <laughs> right, <laughs> right, right, ways. right. More brooding, more this, more whatever, yeah. blah, blah, blah. Less solos, more solos, whatever. Um, and or like Opeth up till, you know, they went like all well, all well, before they started really into the prog stuff, it felt like every Opeth album, like they were they were trying to make the same album every time. And they just kind of got better and better and better and better and better at it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that is absolutely not Baroness. Each album is a completely different artistic statement. It's a completely different, completely different emotional themes. It's a completely different, you know, plot, subplot, cinematography, <laughs> genre, you uh-huh. know, you know yeah. what I mean? And, and once, once I sort of like that clicked for me, then I was able to go back and 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 like accept and enjoy blue for what it was and not not like oh well they weren't quite to where they they didn't they they weren't quite to where like and to understand that like yellow is not what they were going for the whole time yellow is just a thing they did yeah you know what i mean yes and so no that's a, i think that's an excellent point that that is absolutely a spot on. Yeah. That every single album they've done has been a different thing. It somehow is still all Baroness because it, whatever it is that John Basley is able to do keeps it that way. Yeah. Despite, cause it's been, all of these have been with different people almost. <laughs> so it stands to reason that it would be different things, but also like you said, the, the emotional core and the, the aim of it yeah, and they've been different each time. Right, and, right, right. And I'm right, sure that right. is influenced by the personnel that they have. But sure, even so, and, and I guess like that's the thing is that it felt like from the EPs up through Red was more or less an evolution. Like you, you, it felt like kind of a clean thing, um, a linear thing almost. Um, and it definitely was an evolution. And something that I got wrong actually on the first episode is that. The guitarist that they had on Red was not the guitarist they had on the EPs. Oh, okay. Uh, other than John Beasley, but the, the other guitarist. But I feel like, you know, Blue is 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 sort of it feels in retrospect it's like oh this is this isn't like the next thing. This is just the thing right now. <laughs> or, or like, this isn't like the next evolution. This isn't, you know, it's like, this is the album we're making now. These are the themes we're making, you know, whatever, blah, 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 blah. But yeah, so. It's it's not a refinement. Yeah, there, that's a good way to it's, say it. It's, uh, yeah, you, that's you, a you good sort of pointed that it. out a minute ago, but it's like, that's what it, they're not trying to refine a thing. They're just doing a different thing. A different thing. Yeah. Right, right, yeah. right, right. Which is, that is really, really difficult i think to understand you know or to sort of you know accept when an artist is doing that especially if you already have this deep personal relationship with the thing they've already done and then they're like well we don't want to do that again (laughs) yeah yeah no that i mean 
I think you're spot on exactly correct there. And that's going to that's going to come back when the next one of these we do for, for mm. the last two Baroness albums. Okay. Uh, so I, I understand that completely. So, uh, yeah, I think, um, but so you, so you did sort of come around eventually and say like, I understand. And yeah, it, it's great. I still don't prefer it. Sure. Like, you know, there's a, um, Mike, but I, I feel like, but I, okay, hold on. The reason I don't prefer it is because the is because red is because I liked red so fucking much, and because yellow is a god tier album for me. You know what I mean? Like, it. But but yeah. if, if all that existed of the band was this, I'd be like, oh, this is incredible. This is one of the best bands ever. You know, it's so good. <laughs> blah 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 blah. Like I, I you know, um, no, I, I enjoyed it very much. So here, here's like a cool. funny thing, um. There's way more lyrics on blue. Yes. Like there is a dearth of lyrics on red. <laughs> there are way more lyrics on this album. So word count. <laughs> oh, we did this. I did this. <laughs> okay. I did this. <laughs> word count of lyrics on blue is uh, like 664, around, around 660. Okay. Okay. That's including the titles because I didn't get that picky about it. Are you it. doing a number of words spoken or are you doing unique words used? Like I gra- I copied it, I put and it, counted in, it and I and I and I did word count. Okay, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. <laughs> um do you want to guess how many are on red? So like around 660 on 200 300. Okay. So it's half. Okay. Less that, than half. I was going to say clean half, but I was like it's I know it's not a lot. Right, right, so. right, right. And so, like, that lack of space, I think, really contributes to my perception of the record, right? Because this is a totally, very dense totally. and a very focused record. It's more melodic. It's faster. There's more things being said. There's, you know, it, there's... It, it's more focused, but I also feel like it's sloppier. And it's uh, partially due to its production, but also just, like... That's what they were kind of going for. It feels like in the guitars, like some of the leads and things are really loose. Yeah. And I mean, just like the riffs and stuff in general. But but the rhythm section and like the songwriting of it feels very, feels much more focused and tight than Red does to me. Mm. Hmm. Okay. Because there were sections okay. in Red and in the EPs where it felt like the rhythm section was was kind of like, free to you know like interpret some things and and stretch out on some things and fuck with the time and fuck with the feel a little bit more and this this music needs a lot more that's true yeah so these uh, are these feel like more defined songs yes for yeah, sure yeah, yeah for sure yeah 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 i that, that's a thing i wrote down that it's um things are a little more dialed in more song based, less vibe and performance based. Yes. The performances are still incredible, but the songs seem less based on that. Yeah. Like right. there yeah, there were just like, you know, sprawling three, four minute sections on red where they just kinda went on and on just, and on. Yeah. That's like great. Vibing, you know. But that that's not what they're doing here anymore. Right. Right, 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 right. Uh they will they will maybe come back to that a little bit, but not <laughs> not right now. Um so how do like fans feel about this album? 
fall. I don't fucking know. <laughs> I don't know any other Baroness fans. <laughs> I guess is the problem. Well, well, how do you feel about, like, I guess, like, if you went to a concert, because this is like, well, let me look up some of their recent set lists. And I looked up one of the one of the more recent ones, and they they played a lot of songs off of this album. So that may be skewed, because I think the last tour that they did was the Request Tour. Where they literally had people sure. just at each show vote on what they wanted to hear. Oh, and then and then I went back. But a maybe few that years, tells you something about it. And then it. I went back a few years and like looked at that too or whatever, and it didn't seem overly represented. But I guess like if you yeah. went to a concert and they played five songs off of this album. Oh hell yeah! You you know what I mean? Mo- I think every show that I've seen them play, they have played, uh, Golgotha, mm. a horse called Go- Golgotha, mm-hmm. and probably Jake Leg. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe the sweetest curse too. Uh, they play those almost every single time. Okay, because like those are huge fan favorites. Like people are always yelling that shit. Gotcha. There's some motherfucker Jake Leg. <laughs> Just like someone's fucking Isaac. Yeah, yeah, yeah. People they have their favorites like that, and they almost always uh, play at least those, and maybe if you played the Nashing, I think last time I saw them. Mm. Um, I think that was one of my favorites on here. Actually, that's a yeah hell of a song. All, all those songs are a- absolutely amazing songs to me. Um, yeah. I, w- I would be thrilled to hear any of these songs. Gotcha. Especially the ones they never play, because that's just cool. Um, so, yeah. like, are, are there any tracks on here you don't like? No. Okay. Not at all. Love this whole album front to back. All right. Uh, there are maybe, like, degrees of likingness, uh-huh. but uh, no. Nothing that you would... No trash tracks. Yes, know? no trash tracks. How, how about you? It's hard for me to tell. I can't. I can't. I can't tell. But nothing like struck you and you're just like, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and and similarly, like nothing struck me as like, yeah, either. You know? That's fair. You know, now, now that we've talked about this a bit more, I, and you asked me like, what did I think about this at the time? I feel like I did, it did take me a while for this to grow on me. Mm-hmm. Because I really... I don't know if it was for the same reasons why you found Red to be so appealing, but I like really fell in love with Red at the time when that was the only thing that they had out. Mm-hmm. Like I was blasting it constantly. Yeah. Really, really loved that album all the way through. And then I do remember it taking a while to like come around fully to blue because of some of the reasons we talked about. Like it's just a different thing and yeah. the production is very different in a lot of ways. Um, and it's not as easy. Blue is like an album I want to put on and like go drive and just like, yell the lyrics. Yeah. Where red, not so much. Okay. Yeah. 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 Um, so they almost like serve different purposes, but sure. but I love them both. So. Yeah. 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 So I think I understand uh, where you're coming from there. How long was it from when you started, like when you discovered Baroness? To where you were like, okay, this is one of my favorite bands, or this is my favorite band. I don't know if you would. I don't know if you would say they're top, t- your top favorite, but I probably would. Yeah, yeah, I'd say that. Um, <laughs> probably when Yellow and Green came out. <laughs> okay. And I got way into it. Okay. Yeah. So that was that was it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I mean, when you have three great albums in a row, <laughs> it's kind of you're kind. I mean, it's like all right. <laughs> I'm in forever. Yeah. <laughs> this is what you're going to be doing? I'm going to come along for that ride then. I ain't missing that shit. Yeah. Um, 
yeah, I think it took me a little while to get into this album, but uh, over time, I yeah, I, I really like what it does. Um, I like I said, like, I am I'm less into the mixing in general. Yeah, the production it I actually find it kind of annoying at times mm-hmm. where I'm like I I know what you're playing in there but I can't I can't really hear it happening there's some guitar leads on here that sound like they were recorded through a pod <laughs> <laughs> yeah like this like really I, I like into a styrofoam container of some sort yeah but again like if I if I think about it because there are some production risks or experimentation they do on yellow that I think really really worked totally and this is probably the start of that, and that's yeah. you know, yeah, yeah, that's that that could well be the case. On on red, there is virtually no, uh, like post production. Yeah, it's very raw yeah, in that way. Right. And then on here, they've got a lot of shit going on, but not necessarily. To me, it doesn't sound like a lot of stuff that they added for that purpose, but it just sounds like you guys left some knobs twisted a certain way. Maybe you didn't mean to. <laughs> Whereas on yellow and green, like they were going for things and they nailed it. Yeah. Yeah. Like let's, it, it's almost, uh, almost like I wonder if they wanted to be weirder on blue and didn't have the time f- or whatever. So they're trying to do it in post. Maybe. And then you're kind of limited because you didn't like, oh man, like they didn't do what they did on yellow and like, no nah, man, I want a different fucking snare drum and make it sound stupid. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know? Yeah. I want to record, I want I want this to sound completely different than the other songs or whatever, you know? Uh, but to, to the point of like it feeling, the albums being their own things and what they were going for with this album, like, so the... They still have their like they do they do things in their harmonies and their melodies where it's like they yeah. will, they will like shift into a major key here and there mm-hmm. and it just gives it a cool like triumphant feel they do that a lot sure uh, it's yeah really yeah, yeah. really really cool thing that they do all the time and it works well with how their lyrics come across on this album it's like very this is like if I had to say like there was a dark chapter the, the lyrically this album is that to me. It feels very like despairing in a lot of ways, a lot of the time, and I think that kind of comes across in the production to me as well. Let me see. That is what I feel like they're going for here. Like this album is full of like, uh, it, it does have have some of that like sort of triumphant, mm-hmm. for lack of a better term, feel to it. But like a lot of this feels like. A lot of it is pretty overtly like Civil War era mm. uh, uh, mm-hmm. imagery and 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 themes, and there's also like a lot of uh, there's a lot of Christian imagery as well. Christian imagery, Which like I'm sea- always a sucker for, but but also like seafaring pagan always. imagery. Yeah, they sure. they do that all the time. Yeah, uh, but that but the, the the Civil War aspect, the sort of like old frontier war, mm-hmm. is is big on a lot of these tracks. Okay. Um, I think some of these are explicitly about like how the South saw themselves after they were defeated. Interesting. And things like that, and like okay. the cavalry riding into battle, like horse called Golgotha is that explicitly. Okay. Um, 
one of the things I noticed about the lyrics here is uh, how often food is mentioned. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, true, actually. <laughs> and that does carry on to the next one. It does. <laughs> like, how often is there something mentioned in a song that, that, that it is conventional for you to put in your mouth and swallow? <laughs> yeah, like a lot of allusions to food. Like, like, like the sweetest curse is, you know, <laughs> something, 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 chamomile, soft and sweet, sea salt, silver meat, uh-huh. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, True. Yeah. Jake Leg is all about wine and, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I think you could go through and honey skin and still sleeps the eye. Like, I think you could, you might be able to find one in each, in every song. I think you're right. Yeah. Um, it's very, but illusion heavy like that. Yeah. Yeah. But I have a, I have a, a thesis about that later. Um, yeah. About this album? No, just about the lyrics in general. In general. Okay. Yeah. And that, cause yeah, when it was like sweetest curse, I was like so much imagery about food yeah, <laughs> throughout cool. their lyrics. Cause, true. cause I had noticed it when I had listened a few times. And so when I was like listening to very intently reading the lyrics, you know, um, but yeah, and then um, I I think this dude might be like my favorite lyricist though. I think he's probably mine. So <laughs> if, yeah. if, if 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 you like put a gun to my head and was like make a decision now, probably I'd probably say him. You know, I ain't gonna argue. Yep. So yeah, I I think I have a note about that when we when we get to yellow as well. Um, yeah. Yep. But, and I, I, I said that here on Blue, like just sitting here reading, you know, like reading the lyrics and whatever, like, and these are lyrics I don't have a relationship with yet. Sure. So just <laughs> objectively, <laughs> right? Um, I just, I love the imagery and everything that he uses. Um, yeah. Absolutely. So that, that fucking riff on Jake Leg, <laughs> that opening. Riff melody. That one. Yeah. No, the the. You mean the lead? The. the yeah. The, no, that, that's what sounds like it was recorded in like a fucking, uh, I don't know, a pile of aluminum foil or something. That thing. Oh. Gotcha. I thought you meant the lead that comes in after that, but yeah. Sorry, yeah, yeah. So, but like, hell man, of a like, lead. That fucking like hell of a riff. Oh, and like just that kind of like it's just such a. And this is another thing, like just from a drummer perspective, man. Like, I know that I'm kind of like I don't feel this, and I'm kind of shitting on this feel or this record a little bit or whatever, man. Like, huh. it's really difficult to play those tempos at the energy that this drummer's playing them at. Mm. you know like it's one of those things like sometimes it's easier to play faster things you know what i mean but to to you know just sit in that like that like right that like you know full wrist all the time you know man it's you know that's a it's a unique skill to hold that intensity in that pocket so i mean if if Across their entire catalog, but this album in particular, like, has a ton of energy. Yeah, very Just much. Very much constantly, so. almost. Very Even much so. There, there are slow things that break it up, but, like, yeah, a lot of these songs, especially the first few right in a row, uh, super energetic. 
Yeah. So anyway, that that's you know um on the gnashing. I love the riffage at the end. I really love. I I loved Horse Called Golgotha. You know, Ower and Hyde. I mean, I I really liked all the songs. I just don't. I don't have much. I don't have much insightful <laughs> to say beyond that. You know. That's fair. Yeah, th- this is a much tougher album to get into. I, I ex- expected that would be the case. Yeah. Uh, so, but I did come around to liking it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or to to like legitimately like fucking rocking out, listening to it like this. Yeah, man. <laughs> yeah. And and that took that took work. Sure. For me to get to that point, because at the I was like, okay, where's yeah. this going? That's it. Okay. Let me try again. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, but it's be- it's because of the, the, the things I said earlier. So, Gotcha. Is there anything else you, you got on this one? I have notes about every song, but I'm not going to go over them. Well, um, we'll, 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 we'll pick a few. Uh, the uh, – let's see. Yeah, like what are some things that stood out to you? I mean, I got a lot of notes about like specific parts of them. Uh, stuff like, I mean, the, like I said, the first few were just like, there's so much energy and the powerful and driving, yeah, and amazing, amazing riffage happening all over the place. Uh, I guess the thing is like, because you have a more melodic perspective and you have a guitar player perspective, which I don't have. So there's a lot of this that's just going to be going over my head because, like, you know, um, I I feel like I had. I might have made him a note about it in the yellow section, but every like for as annoying as some of the production is and some of the stuff where it's like, I, I want, I can't really tell exactly what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I do know everything that's happening cause I've just heard it so many times. I've seen him sure. play all this stuff live so many times. Uh, like the shit that they're doing on guitar is just, is incredibly wild. Okay. Like people just don't play music like that. I don't know. It's like it's almost like you took a, especially for Baisley, uh, because he plays like this throughout their career. Um, but the leads that they do, the leads less so. Some of the, like the the rhythm playing and like the there's like finger picking all over the place and just like weirdly structured riffs. It sounds like you're almost trying to play country music in a way. Sure. Uh, and it's so bizarre, but the way that they make it work and groove and and give it so much energy, it's so unique in metal in general. Uh, and then they have these just absolutely bananas, bizarre leads, like the part that you were about to get to when you were playing it a second ago, mm-hmm. and they come in with that nasty fucking lead. It's the nastiest lead I've ever heard come in, it's, and it drops in out of nowhere. So, let it go through this part here. Mm. So fucking nasty sounded. <laughs> like it's it's a pretty it's a. For Baroness, it's a pretty straightforward, like, blues lead. 
So good. The, vo- <laughs> the the vocal harmonies that they do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, on, yeah, yeah. They they really like came into their own. Like there there are vocal harmonies on Red, mm-hmm. but they really like honed it on this album. Okay. And when they got Peter to to get in there with him, and they were able to find something that just like no one else does this, and they do it so fucking well. Oh yeah. Because it almost sounds like it should sound terrible. Because mm. it's like somebody staying on the bass note and then somebody going above. Or whatever. I can't do it by myself, obviously. But it's notes that feel like they should not work together. But they make it work. Like they find the intervals that work for the song that they've written. I don't know how to describe it really, but they do it so much and so often on like going forward as well. Yeah, that lead is one of the ones I was make. I had made the joke about. Like, it sounds like you've recorded through like a line six di. Yeah, and just it just know? sounds incredibly nasty. In I, I kind of like it, but it's also just like, ugh. yeah, yeah, yeah. God. Um. Um. So there were there are twelve tracks on here and four instrumentals. Mm. So it's funny mm-hmm. that they have so much more lyrical content on this album. But a quarter, a third of the songs are instrumental. Like, but when they're lyrican, they're lyrican. They're they are yes. I mean, some of these songs are pretty long too, like five six minutes. So yeah. But and another thing that I do love, so you know, it seems to be pretty consistent about Baroness's full length albums is the the, you know, between blue wet blue wed, between <laughs> blue red wed. blue yellow and green is that they're in that like thirty five to forty four minute. You know, like they're they're yeah. made for vinyl, <laughs> and and I, I I I fucking love that because if I want to listen to something on vinyl, I want to flip it once. <laughs> you don't want to have to put in the other record. I don't want to listen to two songs and then flip it and listen to three and then get in and listen to one and then you know I don't I don't have to have like fucking four turns here. Okay. Yeah. Um. So, but yeah, like I, if if you have, and and part of it is just my short ass attention span, is it's like man, I'll I'll do anything. I I can I can handle doing most things for forty minutes. So even if this sucks, <laughs> I can sit through it for forty. Um, Fair. Uh, I love. Uh, speaking of the instrumentals, like they start out the album with Bullhead Psalm. I love that they started off with that and ended. You know what I mean? Like, dude. Anytime anyone fucking does that, I'm going to be fucking, I'm a sucker yep. for that. They're all about it. Uh, and then right in the middle is Okichi Hymnal, which mm-hmm. is like a heavier reprise of Bullhead's oh, okay. song. Sure, yeah. It's the, it's the same thing. It's just done slightly differently. And then they come back around to it, Bullhead's Lament at the end. And it's it's basically Psalm again, but it's extended and built upon. Right. It's just a little slower. fucking awesome. Like, just take that cool thing that you did. And work with it. Yeah. And let it build yeah, and let yeah, it. Yeah, 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 Let it do what you what it feels like it should be doing. And put that on here three times and it's fantastic. Right. No, I love that. I love that feeling of like continuity and you yes. know, it, it, all the little things you can do to make an album feel like it's not just a collection of songs. You know? Yeah. That's that's gonna always do it for me because I mean there are some albums where like that's what I want, or like, or it's cool when it feels like they do that, you know. Like, oh man, yeah. here's 
the songs we wrote in a pile. Cool, you know, but I'm I'm a sucker for this is one, you know, this is one big theme. This is, you know, like, this is one thing. Absolutely. And, like, not even in the context of, like, Pink Floyd, The Wall, like, a concept album. It doesn't have to go that far. Right, yeah. But, but if they're taking, like, they're taking you on a specific journey, like, intentionally. Right. And, uh, yeah, I love that. Right, yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I've got, I've got notes about all these fucking songs. Horse Called Golgotha is... It feels like a pack of warriors on horseback charging across an open field into battle. <laughs> uh, it's almost too powerful. Like that. So after, as it goes from this section to the next. Sure. Yeah. It it is Man. it is really interesting to sort of consider how like if you try to deconstruct their music, how complex and how goofy the parts are, and yet the emotional potency of the whole. Yeah. Is you know. Like I have to attribute that to like they're the fact that they're being thoughtful and intentional about that. Like they're going for something that is emotional. Mm, mm -hmm, it's it's mm -hmm, meant mm -hmm. to be resonant in some way. And so because they're like aiming for it, they're able to put it in there. Right, 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 right. And it is rare that to find music that is this quote unquote progressive that still feels like it is prioritizing emotion. Yeah. Yeah. I guess that that might be the most unique thing you unique thing about them. I think so. I think the yes. Because there's, you know, I mean even, you know, you listen to like Thomas in interviews with Mashuga and you know they they like deliberately like do you feel like your music is, you know, more visceral or more cerebral or whatever and he's like I think your music is very cold. Our music is very cerebral, you know. There are parts that are more, you know, from the heart, but most of it is very, you know. Yeah. And and so, whereas, you know, Baroness is... Anyway, I already said it. I don't need to say it again. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it, it, it is interesting that, that, that they... Because they could, like, the, the emotional aspects of this, like, the lyrical, the vocal aspects of it, it's like, well, you could just do that on a fucking, like, acoustic guitar or some shit or whatever. Why are you doing all this other work? <laughs> you know what I mean? Why are you, you know what I mean? Why are you doing all this crazy shit, you know? Um, and so it's interesting that that it's still an emotion that is the priority yet there. All of the technicality and all that is is still part of that, you know? Yeah. Um, it, like it feeds into it. It helps build everything that that is a Baroness song because of that. It's, yeah, it's part of the foundation, right? For sure. Right. And that's that's part of what draws me to it so much. For sure, that makes sense. Because I could go listen to an acoustic emotional album, but it would not do anything for me in the way that this does. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. yeah. Well, it, aren't people weird? Yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> man, it's like, oh man, I need a bunch of other bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
I need to, I need to have my interest held by all this other crazy shit while you're being emotional at me. Yeah, you got you got to yeah, you got to I need to have a bunch of weird harmonies and a bunch of stuff for you to let <laughs> so I can get my guards, so you can get my my my, <laughs> my right. cerebral brain, my analytical brain distracted enough. Yeah. And so it's, it's some of this weird lead so my heart's shit. open. Oh no, I'm feeling this thing. Yeah, so here. I can feel something. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. It's like a Marvel movie. You gotta, uh, you gotta distract me. You know, <laughs> you gotta get, you gotta like blind my eyes with spectacle, so that I can, uh, you know, laugh and cry at some quippy thing. Right. <laughs> it's a little different than that, but anyway, Mr. Stark. Yeah, I could I could just keep talking about this album for a while, but yeah, that's that's more or less. I think we said the, the I think we hit all the big points. It's a fantastic album that I uh, go back to just as often as any of their other stuff. Sick. So I I look forward to letting it soak in and and revisiting it. So yeah, that makes sense. All righty, on to the motherfucker. So. Onto yellow. Yellow. <laughs> yellow and green. Um Yeah, um Man. Where to start with this? Alright. Every song on here is one of the best songs ever made. Yes. An album to show aliens so they don't destroy <laughs> us. Every second is beyond perfect. I don't know how to describe it. <laughs> I feel every lyric yes <laughs> um true all this is true and so probably my ideal album almost certainly my favorite yes and then i have a bunch of things very specific to sort of tracks and tangents of getting in uh, and getting into the weeds yeah same stuff so to for them to have arrived at this album after two LPs and two EPs is mind-boggling to me. Uh, despite the fact that, like, this is one of those albums, I think we've talked about this notion before, or at least I know I have, where it's like, this feels like an album that just has always existed. Ah, uh, like, okay. It's, yeah. it's weird that they, like, went out and wrote this a, a 10 years ago. Like, it's more like th this album just existed and they finally put it to, to record. They unearthed it. Something like that. I don't know. Like, like, it, like, like, like it was just floating out there in the ether and they just channeled it, you uh, yeah, know? basically. Like, this, like yellow is has been a, a sonic truth waiting to be expressed. <laughs> pretty much. Or it's like, of course this is an album. Yeah. Those are the songs. Yeah. Like, oh, how could they not be? <laughs> Uh, every every fucking song out here is just too too yeah. great. This this record is very special to me. Um, so funny thing. Yes. Where do, what do you think the word count is on this one? Ooh. I'm gonna say on yellow. Just on yellow. Just on yellow. I'm almost positive. Mm, I think it's higher on yellow than it is green. But I'm gonna say yes. I'll give you that. Yep. So I know that yellow is 39 minutes and change and green is 36 minutes and change uh i'm gonna say 800 it is 1152 oh, <laughs> so there's this trajectory of oh. double of like doubling the lyrics 
Wow. <laughs> from like uh, from red to blue to yellow of <laughs> like 300, 600, 1200 almost. That is bananas, dude. <laughs> and then green's like 800. <laughs> okay, so that, that feels about right. And then they're like, all right, let's, let's just dial it back. So on, I guess that checks out because on yellow, there's only one instrumental and it's yellow theme at the beginning. Right. Then everything else is lyrics. Yeah, 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 uh, yeah, yeah. On green, there are three instrumentals. So that right. also checks out. Uh, damn. And the songs are very lyric heavy. Yes. Yeah. They're, they're... But but they don't feel cramped or anything. No. No, they're, no, no. Because they're perfect. Because they're, because they're <laughs> I, Yeah. What am I even talking about? Of course. Um, so something that I, now I, I can only speak to like the meaning that I gleaned from it personally. So I have no idea what John meant. Sure. I um, generally don't either. Like there are some themes that are more obvious than others. Like there mm -hmm. are explicit drug references or like addiction references or alcoholism or things like that. Right. So, but beyond that, very open to interpretation, I think. And so like this album came out in 2012. Um, when in 2012, do you know? Um, uh, July 17th. July 17th. So I don't know when I started listening to it, but at the very end of 2012, beginning of 2013, you know, I'm, that's when this, you know, two, I know that this was in my heavy, heavy, heavy rotation by like spring 2013. Okay. Okay. Um, and that was whenever I was going through a breakup with someone who was an addict. Right. And, that that is why yellow is that's that's why yellow specifically yellow because the lyrical themes of yellow and green are different yes and but specifically yellow why that found such a home in my life and why those lyrics became so like important and personal and helpful in a sense to like my processing uh, of of things that were going going on because I had been in a, in a in a in a relationship with someone for like a few years who is like a textbook fucking addict mm. and so you know all of those things all of this stuff rang very true uh, it's worth noting that a lot of these songs, while they are, a, especially in Yellow, are about like addiction and things mm -hmm. like that, and they're typically not, f um, like they're from someone's perspective, but the person singing is typically not the person who is the addict. A lot mm. of times, they are about an addict, right? Like someone you know. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, yeah. It 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 was hard to tell. Like, is he singing? It you know. Is he singing in like third person about himself? Is he singing about the drug itself? Is he, you know, like, and sure, is, is sure. he flipping that right? You know what I mean? Because it could be any of those. You know, there's all sorts of, you know. I guess it's, I guess what I'm saying is it's really about, it's really in the first person about himself. Right. It's always, right, 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 it right. is always at least in the third person. So I guess there's that. 
And so, you know, that I think that 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 is the reason why I settled into yellow the way that I settled into it and why it's so like important to me. Yeah. Um yeah. That makes that makes sense. Because because yeah, man, dating addicts fucking sucks. <laughs> um, what is it? The um, yeah, you know, and what you did next was second to none. You really let us down. <laughs> you tied yourself up and jumped into the sea, never to come home. You know. Yeah. Like you, when you get phone calls at like five o'clock in the morning because someone's drank themselves into the hospital. And shit like that. You know what I mean? And you have to like decide, am I going to, am I going to go to work? Or am I going to, what, what am I, what am, what's the rest of my life going to be? You know? Right. And shit like that. And so a lot of these lyrics spoke to that for me, you know? Yeah. And like, yeah. You know? That makes sense. I think that's what a lot of it's about. So, so yeah, uh, but it's all so fucking good. Uh, yeah. Anyway, I, I can, you know, lyrics like mantras, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like take my bones away and, you know, you lead the way. I'll yeah. Follow. Yeah. Those, those mm. specific lyrics were, uh, uh, March to the Sea. Yeah. Uh, the first they, ones are March to the Sea. They yeah. just wrote, um, yeah, the, the the general note I have about the lyrics is just mm-hmm. like the biggest draw for me. This this goes for this album and and all their other stuff really. But like the biggest draw for me with their lyrics, especially as someone who isn't always into lyrics all that much. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Because lyrics are your fucking jam. Often. Yeah. It's not generally what I come to a lot of music for. Uh, is is basically what it is. But here, it's a big part of what I come to this for. Um. It it feels like all of their lyrics are written. Sp- I mean, they're all written by John. Mm-hmm. Maybe input from other people here and there, but primarily John Baisley writes the yeah. lyrics, who also sings them. Um, it feels like they're written by someone very intelligent, thoughtful, and with imagination, but without pretension or like an overblown ego. It's a lot of times it's seeing something and thinking. It's, it feels like they're very thoughtful. Yeah. And considered and then put through a lens of sort of imagination and sometimes bizarre uh, illusion right but always like with a sort of human emotional core to them yeah and it and it touches like the heaviness and the intensity of metal emotion or whatever but without the coldness or the sort of ridiculousness of of metal lyrics yes you know like there's no like i'll slit your throat and fuck the wound and there's no you know what i mean or there's 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 none of that yeah or, you know what it, or there's none of the you know anyway i mean it's not yeah it's not usually if ever very fantastical that's the word yeah yeah, yeah, um, yeah. and and detached in that way yeah, yeah. like detached is the word it almost in almost all their songs there's like some amount of despair and regret, but yeah. also with a sense of like hopefulness and or like perseverance. So it's never like it never almost feels like outright optimism. And he's never writing about happy things, or very rarely anyway. Right. But it always feels 
on an upward tra- trajectory in a way. To me, I don't. I I don't know if I agree with that yet. Um. So just the image. Well, go ahead. I was gonna say I've, the last part of that sentence was going to be. Uh, to me, there's a hopefulness and 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 perseverance, but most of the, almost always, most of the time, but always acknowledgement. Mm. And so it's like, talk, we're going to talk about some things, and they're not always going to be great. But there's always a there a reason why we're going to talk about them and think about them. I guess is what I'm trying I, to get at. I see how I see how you could glean that meaning. Um, so there, yeah. All right, I'm trying to think of like the best way because I have like too much to say about the lyrics and I don't know how to get it out. Um, so on the um, the song Sea Lungs, you know the uh, um, where was it at? Uh. And I have petitioned, you know, petitioned the deep, you know, um, better to brace, better, better to brace for death than die for a promised land. You know, why are you so sad? You chose no match for mine. I'm eternal sea and you are a drowning man. You know, all that shit, right? Um, Amazing. So it was while listening to that one that like some things clicked to me for like the lyrical themes overall. Um, so I was like, okay, so like this imagery of the sea is so powerful because it's connection and terror. (laughs) Um, you know, like there's a, like nothing, nothing brings that feeling like the ocean does. Right. Uh, because, you know, like there's a darkness, there's a darkness and terror of space but you can't put your toes in it. And the ocean that you sink into is the entire ocean. (laughs) Like when you go to the beach and you, you know, walk out like that's connected to all of it. And that is a very unique feeling. And so you are, you are, you know, you are of it and othered by it at at Mm -hmm. the same time, you know, um, you know, com- it's like it's comfort and terror. It's significance and insignificance. Like you're significant because you can be of this, but you are insignificant because you are nothing when you are amongst this. Right. It's like it's why, like floating on open water is such a terrifying yes. concept. Right. It's why because half like, of you're being cradled by it. You're being kept aloft by it, but also, it is. It is everything beneath you right and when you're like out on a boat and you can't see anything you know that is a very humbling feeling (laughs) right and like there's a reason that lovecraft wrote so much about shit dealing with the ocean and 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 whatnot yes you know there's a there's a certain aspect of of cosmic horror you've related to it you know and so that so much of this imagery in their whole career, really, but you know, especially on Yellow, you know, is using is using that like it, it that's it works for a reason. Yes. Um, 
And then also there's something interesting too about like it's always it's very often mentioning food. Um you know, um <laughs> that's a good point. Like I never thought about that, but you're right. Um what is it? Is it was it in Eula, you know, with like the cries the pit on you know, um cries the, the pig on the stick. Uh-huh. You know. Oh, this apple makes me sick. Cries yeah. the pig upon the stick. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's my own blood and whatnot. <laughs> but this is very consistent. You know, milk, honey, wine, drink, yeah. chamomile, whatever. Like these are all things that show up. And and so, but to me, what it, it's it it's very it's very unique and it's very important and it's there for a reason because it connects, it connects, it connects you to your body. Um, and that is very different. That speaks to what you were saying earlier about there's nothing fantastical about it, right? Um, you know, there's a certain uncomfortable nature about that, but it puts because it like puts you here and now, like. The thought of tasting an apple, the thought of having tea, you know, da, 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 all whatever, you know what I mean? Um, but it's in your body and it's not aloof and it's not distant like most metal is. It, it is stinking and it's divine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't I don't I don't really know how a good way to describe that other than it feels like pagan in a way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That uh, well, it's like very, very like of the earth, but also semi mystical. Well, it's not in be- meaning because pagan in the sense that it hasn't stripped, it hasn't stripped the body of its sacredness, hmm. and it hasn't hmm. stripped the senses of the of their sacredness, which is what Christianity does. Right, like sex isn't sacred, food isn't sacred. You know, blah 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 blah. You know, but paganism doesn't do that, and so maybe that's an aspect of it. Yeah. As as to you know why it tracks is that like because he's using this to invoke very important themes and very important things. You know, he's like, I mean, screaming these things. You know what I mean? Like when you're screaming about chamomile tea. T, it better be fucking important, you know? <laughs> right. Um, pies upon the sill and shit. <laughs> the white windowsill. Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, man. Um, so that was, that's like a thing, uh, a general thing for the lyrics of like how they sort of hit me. Um, you know, like. <laughs> To sing of primordial love and loss without singing of love and loss explicitly. Yeah. That that's what yellow is. That's what yellow is to me. Is Yeah. And I, I mean in so much music is it's it's like, all right, man, we're we're just gonna keep writing love songs. Like you know, like, but I need to find a way to write a love song <coughs> that has enough trappings around it. So that my dodo ass can feel it. Tell me you wrote a love song without telling me you wrote a love song. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, uh-huh. uh, that kind of, that kind of, uh, you know, that kind of stuff, you know? Yeah. I think, so, I think that's correct. I think that tracks. Um, 
<laughs> I'm just looking at random blurbs. I don't listen to this album too much anymore because it makes other music seem shitty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I almost don't want to listen to it too often so that it like like stays, retains its fucking stays its power. It's yeah, sheen, you don't want it, you know? you don't want it to become pedestrian. Right? Yeah, exactly. Um, I don't know that that will ever happen, but I mean, fuck. I'm scared that it will at some point. Right. Uh, um, when my bones begin to break and my head begins to shake, it's my own blood. When my na- when my house becomes a cage and my neighbors turn away, it's my own blood. Good Christ! Like that is some primordial is a good word. They're like it's, that is yeah. that is some like deep deep shit. Like, right. Deeply rooted. Yes. Fear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Type, it it. Like, ugh. Yeah, it's like he just kept digging. Like lyrically, you had this feeling like he just kept digging and digging and digging to find the nerve of the emotion, like the essence of the emotion he was trying to express. Yeah. Um, Twinkler is another one. Um, that that song makes me cry almost every time I hear it. Um, uh, that it's so it's so simple. It's four lines, but. God damn, it's beautiful and like strangely powerful. Yeah, I, I can't really put my finger on it, but fuck. What for me? It it, it touches on this like very fundamental emotion for, for and and what I feel is like a theme of my life. Um, you know, which is this sort of like though I'm already lost, I'm not finished. Yeah, and and that's that's the emotion it touches for me, <clears throat> you know. It I, reminds me of of that. Totally, absolutely. Yeah, you know, like though, you know, though I lay the lay, uh, was it though? Yeah, though I'm laid to ground, I'll walk through age and sound. Yeah. And yeah. Um, Th- that's the whole lyrics to the songs. Though I stand in mire, I will speak distant fire. Though I'm laid to ground, I will walk age and sound. Yeah. That's it. That's it. Says that twice, and yeah, it's somehow. It's like somehow, like oh, this is the most powerful. This is like the most powerful piece of music I've ever heard. Somehow, yeah, and it, well, yeah, it's it's <laughs> the, it's the vocal delivery, it's the harmonies, it's all that. It feels like a. Uh, it feels like a psalm almost. It, that's a great way to describe it. There's a religious quality. And I think totally. that I think that's a big aspect of this music is that the harmonies and the imagery and things like it adds there, there there's a there's a there's a religious there's a spiritual, you know, quality to it. Yeah. Um and I don't I don't know if it's because it's trying to speak to such fundamental things. I don't know if it's a combination of the imagery. I don't know I don't know what combination of of dials it is, but it's there. Absolutely, yeah. And it's it's maybe hard for um, a lot of people to pick up on in our modern world, I guess, because when we think religion or spiritual, we think very specific things a lot of the mm-hmm. time. Whereas this again, like like you said earlier, like it feels very primordial in that way. It feels very like fundamental, not fundamentally religious, or fundamental Christian, but it feels very basic. Gosh, man, these. Yeah, 
these music are so these lyrics are so fucking raw. I don't even need to like <laughs> read them with the lyrics, you know? Like yeah. uh you sneaky little thing, you'll scream before you sing and you make a lot of noise. <laughs> you lied about everything. <laughs> you know, like these all like I there are specific points like there are like I read that and it brings up fucking traumatic core memories that I've had, you know? Traumatic might be too strong of a word, but, but but like, you know, influential. Yeah, like very, and and all of this does it. And like, man, like how fucking crazy is it to write these things in such a way that the listener can fill it up with their own experiences? Yeah, that's masterful songwriting. Yeah, absolutely. Because I would argue that none of this stuff is particularly vague like right you know what i mean it's not full of just like a random analogy and illusion it's not completely incoherent in that way where you can just say well i think it might mean this but like it's he's talking about something yeah but it might mean something else to you but he again he does it in a way that like is is able to yeah. let that happen he does it yeah it, it's not it's not like sort of you know, Anthony Kiedis word salad, <laughs> right. like stream of consciousness on a restaurant napkin, never edited. Don't you, he's, um, he's not stopping and uh, addicted to the shindig. Uh, I I don't know if the Red Hot Chili Peppers have written a song about a thing, <laughs> anything. In, <laughs> I don't know. They wrote about that cop get, getting hard in the traffic stop. I don't know. Right, 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 right. <laughs> like I think, I think, um, you know, road tripping. It's about taking a road trip. That's about a thing. Like that's yeah. clear. Okay, True. My, my two best allies or whatever. But since then, man, I don't know. <laughs> that one. <laughs> and and that's not that's one, that might be the only one on that album. <laughs> um, on California, like that. You know what I mean? There's lots of shit on Blood Sugar Magic that you're like, oh, I don't know what that's about. You tell the story about like you know a fucking cop, <laughs> you yeah. know, or whatever. Um. Being hopeless under the bridge. That's about a it's thing. Under the bridge downtown. You said what and where. That's that's all you need. But yeah, John Baisley. Not in, not like Anthony Kiedis. No. Um, no. All right. So here's like a funny a funny aside. Um, so cocanium. Yeah. Um, I remember the first time I listened to this record. And. And I was enjoying it. You know what I mean? Up till cocanium. Mm -hmm. And then when you hear that, and it comes in and you have that fucking keyboard line. Yep. I was like, well, this is the best record. <laughs> I was Dude. like, once that, like once that came in, I was like, I'm in, I'm fucking in. I am all in all my chips. I am all in on this record. Just going for broke. That the fucking snare sound on this song, it makes this fucking song. I hate it. Do you hate it? I, I hate love it. it. Oh, I <laughs> but love I love it. that it's different. Oh no, I love it. I love that it was like oh. a choice that they made. It is that, yes. But I I love this song. I wouldn't change a fucking <laughs> single thing about this song. I mean, what you just said. There you go. But but I I do not like that snare sound. <laughs> okay. Oh. Uh, that's the thing I wrote down here. I was like, I I hate this snare sound, oh, but man. I love, but I I love that it's different. 
Um, Absolutely adore it. Do you notice that? Did you notice a slight tempo bump when like the kick drum enters? So the very, the first like thirty seconds or so of the song is just guitar. Yeah, that feels right. And then do 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 do. It feels like there's a slight that I don't normally notice stuff like that, but I didn't notice it. Um, but now that I think about it, that feels feels like you're right. Mm. Okay, I didn't know so, that's something you'd notice. I was so so into the lyrics, and so <laughs> you know what I mean. Like I don't, you know, when I because I, I didn't fuck around with tempos on on yellow and green. I, I like I went back and I like I like fucked around on the on the on the other ones because I wanted to like see it. Right, you know, to make sure I wasn't sort of in my head about it. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, and then like uh, take him down to Shaker Town. Uh, yep, I got another <laughs> Shaker in here. That Shaker man, <laughs> it's so good, it's man, dude. Everything about so this well deployed. Stuff. Yeah, man, fucking. Oh God. And the, dude, let's talk about the goddamn bass playing dude, on this record. Dude, it's so fucking good. It is, yeah. So yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a very general note I have. Uh, more than most, uh, this album offers this this album offers equal riches from every instrument. Each one is giving more than their twenty five percent. I I would agree with that, and. I think the rhythm section really shines on these records. Um, totally. In a very different way than they shine on Red. And so... They, I mean, these still feel like very song-focused Yeah, compositions. The, right, 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 right. But man, the bass playing on this record is Killer. so good. To me, like that's like the sign of like real mature songwriter shit is whenever you know how to let the bass carry a verse. So the most interesting thing about that, I think, is that the person who played bass on this album was John Baisley. (laughs) (laughs) They did not have a separate bass player for this album. This is the only album they didn't have a bass player for. Really? Yeah. God damn it, John. Because they're too good. Their longtime bass player had left before they recorded this. Okay. Uh, Summer Welch, I think his name was. That's right. Um, And so when it came time to record this, he was like, well, we don't have a bass player, so I'm just going to do bass. And God damn! God damn it, John! <sighs> Knocked it out of the fucking park. Yeah, it was. It was on the song on Colla- It was the song "Collapse" on Green, where I was like, "Cool, cool ass bass line." To me, it's mature as fuck songwriting when you know how to let the bass carry a verse. Yep. Um. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Here's some funny shit on "Back Where I Belong." Um. Okay, so I have a lot to say about this song. So the first thing I'll say is the funny thing. Um, what is it? Where is it? Um, here's the rub. There's no difference between poison and the cure. I wrote, I hope he means that poison and the cure. <laughs> took me a second. But yeah. <laughs> I just... <laughs> Um, yeah, so there are no songs that do. <laughs> I can't, what's the, I can't think of the dude's name from Poison, but Brett Michaels is not Robert Smith. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. The answer is yes. Here's the rub. 
<laughs> Brett Michaels is the Robert yeah. Smith. <laughs> Unfortunately for everyone, these are not the same band. Um, I said this about about Back Where I Belong, but I really meant it about all of these songs, but especially this one is is um there are no songs that do what these songs do. <laughs> Okay. Like what they convey is so true and such a unique emotional space. Like there, there's emotions that, and like the subtleties and whatnot of what these songs convey that I don't feel like there are other songs that convey them. I'm right there with you. Like that's, that's part of why I love this shit so much because I've never found anything else that does it like this. Yeah. So yeah, absolutely. Um, the drum beat on this on on back where I belong is really really creative. I've never heard it you like this drum motif used is really aside from this song. I've never heard it used as anything other than like a fill. Can you pull it up real quick? Um, yeah, just to refresh. I had a note about the. So it's like this, you know. One. Yeah. So it, it's because it's it. like it's like he's doing singles between his his bass and his hat, right? You know, um, like triple it, triple it, triple it, triple it. But then it's like snare, snare. And he opens the hi hat every once in a while. <laughs> But you're not doing a, he's not doing like a, cause like, you know, like that would be like, or, or, or the, the, the more common way to do that would be to sort of put the hi-hat where the bass drum is. Right. Or to put, do them in unison. Right. You know. And. Hmm. The only time that I've heard, you know, like, you know, like sometimes you'll hear like, yeah, you'll hear it as like a fill. Right. You know what I mean? Okay. And they build like the entire, like two thirds of the song on it. Yeah. Yep. And it's so, man, that is, that's. I love it. It's genius. It's genius. It's to, such a cool feel. To be able to use it that effectively, take something like simple that m almost any drummer can play. But just applies it in this way that most people do not. Right. Like too great. Builds a whole song on it. And then finds ways to do like really tasteful variations with inside of it. Yeah. That, that, that like present really unique coordination challenges to open the high because like, when you're doing that with the bass drum to open the hi-hat where he is anyway it's it's counterintuitive anyway it's just man hats off <laughs> hi hats off to you hi hats off to them um i love the the couple of parts where they do some like tape reverse on the drums too oh yeah 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 yeah, yeah. yeah they did another, another track too but it's it's a really cool effect that's just fun so did you have something else on that one on the song? Yeah, sure. I do. Yeah. Okay, good. Um, so the last two so goddamn the bass lines, right? Those yep. last two stanzas are so unique and hit me right in the feels. Yeah. The um So they they basically shift into a major key. Okay. Towards the end. Gotcha. Uh like it, it's like into the outro and then on. Uh and that gives it a whole new feel. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh you know, because 
God, these lyrics are so good. Yeah. Um, but you know, tell me now who's in charge. I thought help was on the way. It took so many years to get out of here. <sighs> now I'm back where I belong. Next to you, stuck to you. Because like, man, when you are in that the intensity of the back and forth of uh, the 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 relationship you have like with someone because like if they're if they can get addicted to heroin or alcohol or whatever they can also get addicted to you and when it works there's nothing that feels like it like the intensity of a relationship like that is consuming um and and so you know you there's other songs you know like there's songs you know, towards the front end about like very negative things. And then there's, there's other songs, you know, like, and then there's songs like this where it's sort of, <clears throat> it's another part of that experience and it's, it's not good, but this is the, this is the part that keeps you there. This is the beautiful, this is the part that's beautiful about it. Um, you know, the part that feels special the part that mm. makes it feel like home whenever nothing else in a way that nothing else does. Um, and, you know, say goodnight to your mother, say a prayer for your father. Wake me when the thunderclouds are rolling in, take me to a hazy Sunday morning. <laughs> so good. <sighs> and then, you know, I heard your eyes. I touched your tongue when we were kids. We never felt so young. Take me to a hazy Sunday morning. And that's when the the key change right. comes in. And that those last two stanzas, man, it's that feeling of chasing like your first idealized experience of love, like in a sure. way. Yeah, you know that's what it reminds me of. But but like that intensity, that perfection, the hope, the certainty, and just that ephemeral, slippery fuzziness, fuzzy nature of it all. And it's not healthy. <laughs> it's not realistic. Um, yeah. But, you know, it's not, it's not, I was going to say resignation at first, but I don't think that's quite it. I think it's just more like a longing. Of, yeah. Yeah. A, a wistfulness. Yeah. And, and I just, I remember when I was, you know, speaking, I can only speak from my own personal experience. I don't want to, I don't want to sound like I'm generalizing it, but, you know, having a relationship that was that intense with someone, you know, because that's the thing, man. Like sometimes people who are addicts, like every just so they can feel anything, everything is dialed up to a hundred. You know what I mean? And so like the like the love was intense. Like everything had to be here. And then that that can like take you back and it feels like you're touching something very pure. You know, and so that's that's what that last verse does for me, right? You know? Yeah. But man, that baseline. That baseline. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Bass is so fucking good. Um. Uh, yeah. The only other specific note I had about that song was on an album overflowing with excellent instrument instrumental intros. This bass one is so fucking good. Yes. Yes. So, um, yeah, kudos there. Yeah, you just, gosh. Uh -oh. Probably better. Yeah. Wait, is that this one? What, what, what bass are you talking about? 
when it first comes in at the very beginning. Oh, okay. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Right there. Doom, 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 doom. Yeah, doom, yeah, yeah. Doom, yeah. Doom, yeah. Um, man. So. Okay, I, th I think that's <clears throat> most of what I have to say specifically about yellow. <laughs> Um, I mean, Eula is incredible for all the all the other reasons I've already listed. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, at, at, so I, I wrote at, at this point, you've been on such a diverse, powerful, interesting, emotional journey. And this is a wonderful way to calm you back down. Mm. Uh, however, depressingly, uh, it truly feels like an ending to an album. I, and that's probably why I was always sort of like more or less worn out in a way. Yeah, um, like this is a perfect place to stop listening. <laughs> yeah, 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 I can't forget the taste of my own tongue. Jesus! <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Throw the fucking headphones away. <laughs> yeah, man. Um, yeah, it, it's, a, it's a hell of an ending. But it is an ending. It, it, it very clearly delineates this album from the other album in this yeah. album. <laughs> For sure. So, man, I just, I can't, I just don't know how to say it anymore. Like, I just, and, but the, 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 the experience of listening to Yellow is maybe like my favorite. I might be able to say with certainty, like the, the experience of listening to those songs in that order, that might be my favorite Sonic experience. Like, that might be like my favorite, like, you know. That's awesome. My favorite, like, 40 minutes, my favorite 40 minute experience you can have with sound. You know what I mean? <laughs> I, that's fucking that, that's so fucking cool. I'm and I'm right there with you. But like I can't like, yeah, I couldn't say it any better than that. Like when I was listening to this again the other day, when I was actually making the notes about it, mm -hmm. I've listened to this I don't know however many hundreds of times over the years, over the past decade. But as I was listening to it, it flew fucking by, and the whole time I was just like, yeah, fucking yeah, yes, oh yeah. If you if you want to hear Richard like sing bad. <laughs> Oh, like, <laughs> yeah. Whether or not I sing bad, it, it would be the exact same thing. Yeah. So, if you, uh, you want to hear me sing to an album <laughs> with absolute confidence, yeah, regardless man. of how good or bad it sounds, this is one of them. All right. Um, let's talk about green a little bit. Uh, so a couple other things first. Yeah. M maybe more general things. Maybe more actually geared towards yellow. Uh, but some things we sort of touched on a bit earlier is, um. There, there's so much uh, subtle effects work all over this album. Yes. There, there are sort of like we were talking about with Blue earlier, where they were seemed like they were trying to do something production-wise. Yes. Mm -hmm. There are so many effects. We, we mentioned like the tape delay reverse on – not tape delay, but tape reverse on the drums earlier. Uh, there is just like very overt like chorus on a guitar, which is like wah, 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 like warbling right, all over right, the place. Right, right. Uh huge echo on some things there's uh, some interesting vocal effects interesting used. vocal effects uh, i made a note about the ones in march to the sea on the verses yeah uh, e exactly uh there's stuff like that all over the place and it's all so perfectly implemented a every little bit of it feels like it belongs there right uh, if i would have spent more i think i would have noticed more of that if i had spent more time with it <clears throat> on this go around, but I, I spent most of the time listening to blue kind of trying to crack it 
You know what I mean? And so for the times I was listening to Yellow, I was just all in my feels. <laughs> um, right, right. Which is, again, just sort of another testament to how well all everything on it is done that, you know, you don't notice that that amidst all that, like they're they're still like the priority of those effects is still conveying that emotion, you know? Yeah, exactly. Uh, and I think I think that's predominantly on yellow in this case uh, versus green. There's a bit more on green, but green has a different feel to it. Green is doing different. So things. different. Um, but. I will say uh, across the board with both of these albums, like the production is immaculate to me. It's uh, perfect for what it is. It, yeah. Yeah. For, for, yeah. For what they're going for. Um, yeah. It's oh, exactly, you can hear everything that you want to hear and it all sounds wonderful. Absolutely. Um, so, yeah. So we can move on to green. All right. So green theme so like I said earlier, this was the uh, about halfway through the songs was when it clicked for me. And it, it was this morning. Like this morning, I was like halfway through green. And then it clicked, you know, and it was like, oh, each one of these albums is extremely different. Like this one isn't even like yellow. <laughs> yeah. And as many times as I've listened to it, that didn't really click for me today. It didn't click for me in the way I could articulate until today. Um, right. So, so yeah, the green theme. I was like, one of the greatest snare hits of all time. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that, like, in that intro. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just, <clears throat> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The, do, do you want to know? so fucking powerful. <laughs> so, when I think of two, the two green... To me, there's two contenders. Okay, it's not um, these two hits. <laughs> it's uh, this and another one. Yeah, um, maybe, maybe like the drum fill in. There's a there's a really great drum fill in uh, Under the Bridge when everything pops off. Um, right. Yeah. 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 But uh, one of my favorite ones is this right here. <laughs> cool. Fucking cool turnaround. Morbid Angel. <laughs> you know, like the first track on their full length. You know, they have like this. It's all in reverse. And then, in, and then yeah. it starts. Crack! You That's know. cool. Um, That's cool. Yeah, man. Morbid Angel. Fuck it. They know how to start a song. <laughs> <laughs> After that. Anyone's game. Anyone. Um, Anybody's game. But yeah, man, that that in in green. Whenever you know, what I'm talking about man. Yeah, God it's just damn this, it. It's just this man. gorgeous guitar and bass for a while, and then the song comes in. Wherever it, I don't care. Just a couple more seconds. Oh, man, a more, a less, <laughs> like, and then it's so goddamn loud. Yes. <laughs> and then it, it's, man, it just lets you know they're not cowards. <laughs> um, Bravely uh, putting this loud snare here. All right, so. God, that track is so fucking good. Yeah. Uh, I, I love the idea of having, because each, each, 
yellow and green is, is a half of a whole here, but they're very distinct. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I love the idea of having a theme for each one, and they do successfully each set the stage yes. for what you're going to be getting. Yeah, uh, for sure. It's just a cool. Uh, it's it's similar to what they did with blue with the different bullhead themes. Right. On blue, yeah. 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 For sure. But it's in a different way. Um. And so, on board up the house, it's very interesting to me. Like, especially given the sh- bullshit that that occurred to me about like the imagery of the sea and all this sort of stuff. Blah 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 blah. And the very first line is "Take me away from the ocean." <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> Damn. Good call. And so to me this is this is what sort of teased out. Um this album almost thematically works in sections to me. Like lyrically. Like board up the house, uh mountains, whatever it's called. Crowd and maker. and full song are they all sort of seem to be about finding like like you've found a certain peace and acceptance in that relationship with said addict yeah or at least uh may maybe acceptance is is the word there yeah and you know like there's a certain peace you found in it. You have, you know, like having a child together. You're making the best of it. All these kinds of things, you know. <clears throat> Take me up north to the bluegrass um, board. You know, we wanted the best for our sweet little September castaway. I'm already gone. Yeah. You know, all these types of things. Like it, it pulls on that. She's floating in acetone, covered in bruises and common colds. You know what I mean? Like it, it's pulling on that sort of imagery. Like it's not like everything's fine now. <laughs> um, you're never awake, but you don't seem to sleep at all. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, um, and what, what quivers and shakes? What fills your stomach and clogs your veins? Yes. Yeah. Steady the hand that lays the dogs to rest. Barbitals and decay. Yeah. Steady the we, hand that lays the child to bed in the first the first round too. Yeah. Know. Right. Yes. Um, we will never sleep. We will never wake. Uh, we will drift away. Man, that feeling right there. I don't know if you've ever experienced that feeling, but that sort of there's there's something very safe and enticing about you know deciding to fade away and drown with someone, <laughs> um, or to sink with someone, so to speak, is the better word. Mm-hmm. Um, and this that kind of like perfectly articulates it and and full song thematically extrapolates on that further you know um yeah you know the yeah i'm still trying to find my way out but if it's the long way i'll sleep in this bed i've made the kids have fallen on blades it's too late to figure out it's too late for babies to beg for their beds it's too late to ignore the storm up ahead you know, right when, when we've yeah, it's it's too dark to see my way out. Now all I love that, that. Oh now God. all I can do about anything wrong is dig further down. Yeah, fuck. I know this feeling. Um, <clears throat> when we finally awake, we'll burn our bodies on stakes, and this is it: a tower of ashes and sawdust will lie. 
where our castles were made. Yep. <laughs> God damn it, John! Oh, man. Yeah. Just... Uh, mm, just uh, uh, wonderful imagery. I don't know. And so... But to me, that's... Because I, you know, personally, like, I had moments where... There were moments, and I say like weeks, like moments, weeks during this this relationship I'm talking about yeah. where, you know, like to, you know, she, she goes to work, I go to work, come home, and like coming home to someone who was so miserable that they were high and blitzed out of their mind when I got home, but they were still very happy to see me and we still spent time together when I got home. And there was a part of me that was, that became very, that was, it's like, you know, this ain't so bad. Never mind that during that time period, I didn't see any of my friends. <laughs> I didn't do anything. I didn't do anything. Right. I, I was thinking the other day, I was like, why didn't I fucking, why, why didn't I, like, why was 2016 or 2017 the first time that I had seen Meshuggah since 2008 or whatever? It's because they came to town during that exact period. And I was, I wasn't going to go, <laughs> you know what I mean? I couldn't even go hang out with a friend during that time period. Do you know what I mean? Let alone like, and so, right. but, but, but just, so, but like this. I've, there's nothing, there's no other music that I've ever heard that captured like that feeling of, you know, I can, we can make this work. I can make this work with you, you know? Right. And if this, this ain't is, so bad. Yeah. If this is what it's, what it's going to be, then maybe, we can, yeah. maybe I'll do that. Yeah. This ain't so bad. Yeah. Just I'm not, you know, and then, but then on the other, but then there's those other moments of like, this is literally the worst. Um, because the thing is you get pushed to your limits in relationships like that, where you're like, I don't care if they die. You know, like I'm, I'm, I'm ready for this to be done. Mm -hmm. And whatever, however they choose to process that and deal with that. Because that's how they, that's how you get held hostage in those situations, is like, oh well, if I break up with them or if I don't forgive them, then they're gonna they're gonna kill themselves. They're gonna end up in the hospital. They're gonna do this. They're gonna do that. Blah blah right. blah blah. They're gonna whatever whatever self destructive thing they're gonna do, and you have to be okay with that when it's time to end it, and to to get to that point with someone is, it's just you know. It's crazy. It's, it's just insane. It's, it's 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 my you know what I yeah, mean. The it, whole thing it goes counter to what you believe that you should be feeling about it. Yeah. A tower of ashes and sawdust will lie. <laughs> Our castles were made because man, you can dream big with these motherfuckers, man. Like with the <laughs> with those. Uh, all right, but then yeah. it feels like thematically <clears throat> things turn after that song. And it feels like Collapse and Psalms Alive are about different shit. It feels like that's sort of like an existential crisis of like a town, you know, um, like a failing religious town or some shit, you know, 
because there's all these things about like the group and you know we we are all rotten fruit and when the city needs a lynching we collapse arms are flailing the devil's in the eye of every man you know water in the well baptist and a baby we're rolling in the weeds you know what i mean like yep. it's all this isn't it's that's less personal or it's less about that you know what i mean and sort of similar with psalms alive but yeah yeah, I don't know. There, there may be things you could pick out to, to make those connections, but they're they're certainly not as, uh, clear. Well, it's like, all right, he moved to like a fucked up town, and now he's like, oh, they're thinking about the fucked up relationship. I was thinking about the fucked up town, <laughs> in which I'm having the relationship. <laughs> so, well, I mean, it, I guess it it doesn't necessarily have to be a, an actual town. Is all I'm saying. Yeah, could, yeah, yeah, could yeah. be a the people around you. Yeah, and and I mean more more to 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 pull it out of the weeds. <clears throat> um, it's it's just sort of like pointing out the thematic the thematic differences and to in in whatever between this and yellow and and between the different songs and whatnot. So yeah, for um, sure. But yeah, there's a lot of the things that are great are also things that were great about yellow um cool seven eight thing and board up the house um there's almost like chili pepper vibes in uh like oh, musically yeah. in the mountains the crown and anchor is what i wrote down interesting like chili at, pepper vibes like at the beginning of it let me see Okay. Okay. That right there. Okay, I could I could see that. I see what you're getting at. Um. It it's always struck me that. Or uh, not that, but. The first like, the first like four tracks on here basically, or the mm -hmm. first the first three tracks I guess the green green theme board the house and mountains, have always struck me as like this feels like these almost feel like Zeppelin mm. musically mm -hmm, like mm -hmm, mm -hmm. very swaggy okay where the yellow doesn't have any of that uh this this feels more like we're going for southern rock you know i did have i did have the thought that that like all right red is metal blue is punk rock yellow is like I don't even know. <laughs> Whatever it is. What the fuck to call that? Um, I mean, it almost is, I was getting, you know, like comes to my mind as like singer songwriter, but like in the fucked up bareness way, it does for me, emo like it, it does for me emotionally what some singer songwriter music does mm -hmm. for me. Right. But then like green is more like classic rock. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> like Almond Brothers. <laughs> yeah. I think that's, I think that's exactly right. It, it feels, yeah, classic rock is, is what I put down here uh, with a couple of the things feeling very Zeppelin-esque. Um, some, man, the 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 fuzz guitar that, that kicks in and on the end of Board at the House. It's just like this huge, <laughs> huge fuzzy sound. It's uh -huh, just so uh -huh. encompassing. That's one of those, that's, that's an that's, they use it as an effect in that way, right? Yeah, 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 uh, and not just as a guitar tone. It's so cool. 
they do it a few other times on this album. Um, yeah. Uh, something interesting about Fool Song is that these days uh, they will do that song um, and it'll just be... It'll just be John and Gina with the acoustics and they slow it down and they draw some parts out even further. It's like haunting, hauntingly beautiful. Uh, and yeah, I made a note about the last line being just incredible. Incredible work there. Um, Psalms Alive, like the first half of that song is so cool. <laughs> and then when it kicks in, every time it's like, yeah, 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 yeah. Just like I, fucking face smash. It's so cool. Yeah, I was like, this album, this song, weird. Um, it's like, yeah. Um, but it's weird on purpose, right? Um, and yeah. then, like, you know, it's a killer keyboard stuff line in it, like after the first chorus or whatever. But uh -huh, yeah, uh -huh. but yeah, when it kicks in at like 154, it's like, Oh, it's so good. Oh, yeah, man. Fuck it. Because <laughs> <laughs> oh. it's like, when he does the chorus in, in this part, it's so intense already. Right. In a right. weird way. Yeah. But then it becomes actually fully intense later on. That keyboard thing is so cool because it's not... It's it's just it's it's all right. There's nothing rhythmically. It's not syncopated in any way, right? Yeah. It's just like the perfect tone and the perfect notes. Ugh. The, I mean, the syncopation going on with like with the drums and stuff is already so much that that over it is all it really needs right, to be interesting. Right, 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 right. Yeah. That. Oh. Ugh. This, killer yeah man it's so good so much energy in there uh, yeah and then uh stretch maker i'm like cool stretch fuck. marker my bad um <laughs> making some stretches auto auto cucumber over here <laughs> um there, there's a corp there's something in there that it reminds me of something i don't know what it is though <laughs> so well yeah Like I was like, like this reminds me of fast car. <laughs> is that what Living this in is? Living in a fast car. Yeah, kind of a little bit. So the fucking note that I have about this is well, apart that it's just like incredible vibes and great feel and interesting guitar playing all over the place on this thing. Uh -huh. Um, I feel like this and a lot of other songs on here should be comparable to some other bands, but I do not know who. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Um, yeah. It's, it's one of those situations where I can't understand how, uh, well, how this album didn't exist already. Yeah, like I said earlier. But yeah, this feels like it should be like, this sounds like something, but I do not know what it might be. That's a good point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, oh, cool. Here's the, you know, oh, there's the blah, blah, blah song. There's the whatever song, but it, it, it only ever sounds like Baroness, but you do get these little, these little hints, but they have such a unique sound and they don't just have a unique sound. They have a unique way of doing everything, yeah. you know? So it's like a feel to it and the way they put it together and the note choices, right. and all this stuff to where like, even if they did do something that was exactly like, it's not going to sound like anyone else, yeah. but them. I wonder why I made there, there must be something about that track that that hit us both where it was like, I need to make this note here. Because I made it as a note about the album, 
but I put it on that track. It's it's in that <laughs> it's at that opening chord progression. I guess so. Yeah. That's what it is for me. Um, huh? Yeah. Line between. I was like, how about that riffage? I Dude. feel like that's the only riffage like this on maybe this entire record, on Yellow and Green. Uh, yeah, yeah, maybe so. This song feels more like a song that would have been on Blue in some ways. Yeah, uh, yeah, I, I but, agree with that. But yeah, I put ending with uh, one of the only up-tempo driving songs on here. Yeah, is, is a cool choice to have for made. Sure. Uh, for sure. For yeah, sure. Uh, killer fucking track. Yeah, and that's like I can't crack this one either. But there's something here lyrically, um, and but yeah, like we we still felt everything, you know. Like and when the bandages lifted, our scars were newborn. We still felt everything. There's something about that line. I can't. I can't. It doesn't attach to. I can't pin it down yet. But there's something in there. You know, that's very powerful. You know, I feel like it ties back in with the with uh, the first part of this of green. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, it does feel much more. It feels, I guess, sort of like you were alluding to earlier. It feels a bit more pulled back, but I think it still feels similar thematically. Sure. Um, yeah. You've taken this for granted. Please don't take it all away. Yeah. Yeah. It's like pleading in a way. <laughs> Line between the righteous and the wicked. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That's what it is. It's about a, it's about the possible ending of the relationship or whatever. And like kind of almost like, almost like begging the person to figure it out, you know, yeah. feel the light of day, feel it fade away. So I've taken this for granted. Please don't take it all away. Yeah. 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 Yeah, that's it. That's what it is. Um, and then ending with "If I Forget the Low Country," which is just a beautiful come down. Yeah, and incredible way to take it out. Uh, so yeah, you know, I've got specific notes about all these tracks, like different parts and stuff, but it's not worth. I don't think it's worth going getting into all that. I made it just in case, kind of, and I just wanted to. I just wanted to think about it, really. <laughs> um, overall note about these two, the two halves of this album, though, is that it, it's it's insane to me how they both feel distinct but also whole to me because for as much as they do feel different from one another, this collection of music feels so different. It feels similar enough to be different enough from to blue and to red. And to purple and to it does. gold gray to me. It does. I, I almost had the thought of like, what would the experience be like of listening to green first? Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like, does that... And I, and I, I, I mean, I don't think it'd be able to stand on its own. I think these have to be together mm. is, is how I view them. Mm. Uh, right, yeah. This green function by itself, right? Yeah, I don't know that it would. I think they would have to have more songs in there. 35 minutes is a little is a little short for an album. 35 now. minutes, three instrumentals. Yeah. Well, yeah. and I guess like I don't mean I, I I guess like what I mean like content like full content. What if it was called Green and Yellow? <clears throat> uh and, you know what I mean and 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 we heard the Green <laughs> album 
yeah, in I don't, sequence first before yellow, you know? I don't think it would work. I think that was done that way for a reason. Yeah. So, I, I think I think about it like thematically, like from a lyric sense, like what would that change and how does that, you know, da, 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 da. just mm. just as like a thought experiment almost, you know. Mm, 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 yeah. But but okay. no, I think you're right because you um yeah, I don't want to fill it up with too much of my own personal shit. <laughs> so uh but yeah, man, I give it I give it I give them a 5, 5 out of 10. <laughs> solid. <laughs> solid, solid, like C plus. So, yeah, man. Yeah, you know. <laughs> it's kind of eh, could so, you know, see what happens next time. Is that was that? Is like a headlight or something? I don't, I don't know why. It has to be like a, like a thumbnail or some shit of like someone giving Fantano shit. It's like, it's like, dude, you <laughs> cried to my album and then you gave it a seven. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. You know? I, I saw whoever that was. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, all things said, don't think it's one of the greatest albums oh, ever made. God. You know, I've never like felt anything like this. I've never. Uh, this is such a unique. You know, da 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 da. Openly a, weeping, I'm like six out of ten. To, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Fuck. So. Um. Yeah, I. I can't comment on every little thing that I love about every track on this album because it would just be a novel describing in excruciating detail every note that is played and sung. What about uh, every greasy little thing? Every greasy little thing. <laughs> Such a weird descriptor to use, but it totally works. It's right, <laughs> way. man. And I guess like that is a thing that is so consistent about his lyrics that I really appreciate is that he sort of – He's he he leans into those things that like you you know like when you can feel the imagery you know yeah. like he leans into that because you he could have just said sneaky every time yeah and it would have been fine but but by saying greasy it's like it, it's uh, like slimy but also like uh uh sly and sort of deceptive you know yeah it has all these other meanings to it right 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 and to sort of lean into that but like. Not not lean into it in the you know so far as like for shock value, yeah. You know what I mean? Like not not like in a death metal way or a or a slam or whatever kind of way of right you now shocking putrid piss guts something and you know enema cocktail or whatever. <laughs> right. Uh, something about all of the food references, I think, is a lot of times. So what you described earlier, which was which I hadn't really thought much about, was like the sort of connection to mm -hmm. just like something real. Yeah. Uh, which I think makes a lot of sense. But I think it's also sometimes, maybe a lot of times, it's like textural. Yeah. Talking, talking about this point as right. well. Like, why did you choose that? Right, 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 and right. And I think a lot of times it can be like a textural thing. Sure. Well, I mean, you just look at the album covers, you know? Yeah. We have a lot of food on the album covers too, actually. Yeah, or and it's just like the the album covers are pulling on lots. There's lots of different things, you know, that are sort of, you know, it's a lot going on in there. Yeah, there's a reason that I have all of these up on my wall uh -huh. as as just pieces of art to admire because they're fucking wonderful. Absolutely. Uh, so there's a lot going on, and but they're all themed. But they're all of a piece. Yeah, that's my favorite part about them is they're all thematically linked, but they're all thematically distinct. Yeah. Um. Goddamn, John Baisley. Yeah, man. My 
Yeah, yes, John basically does all their album art also. Hero of the pod. Took it. That's what it, that's what all this was about. It was like thirty nine episodes just to get the point. Be like, you know, you know what, man? It's all about John Baisley. Uh, Fuck everybody else. He's the hero we needed. Yeah, uh-huh. and the one we did not deserve. So that's the the Baisley cast. Baisley cast. Uh-huh. So. Uh, and uh, yep. Last point about this album is just to say that it it earns every bit of its seventy five minute runtime. Uh, whereas something like Every time I sit down and listen to Fear Inoculum, which is 86 minutes, it always feels every bit of that 86 minutes. <laughs> like I, 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 whenever I, whenever I listen to that album, it's because I've sat down and said, okay, let's listen to this album now. Oh, man. Whereas this flies by and fucking but, funny. but not a minute of it's wasted. Um, God, how, how, how long did you say this album is? 75 minutes. 75 minutes. Yeah. My God. That Machine Head album catharsis is 74 minutes. <laughs> oh. And it does... We 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 can't we can't we can't <laughs> can't get can't get into that right now. Well, no, we cannot compare. Oh, okay, okay. We can't do that because <laughs> then. W- what positive there is to say about that album will be far overshadowed. <laughs> be tainted. Um, <laughs> that's crazy. Uh, yeah. But yeah, it's because they wrote two albums and then put them together in such a way that it it made a lot of sense to have them together. It is really because it it is truly like a double album. You know. It's, yeah, yeah. In and the truest so, of senses. So. Yep. All right. So yeah, I could I could sit here and rattle on forever about this fucking album. It's maybe my favorite album. It's up there for me too. Yep. As we've as I've said, it, it does things that other albums do not do, and they do things that other bands do not do. And uh, that, I think I said it before, uh, maybe not the first cast, but it's like it, this is the band that I was just like, this band does everything that I want a band to do. This is, this is what I want out of a band. Yeah. And that's why they're my favorite band. So. That's. That's awesome. I I'm goddamn fucking nails into the swans. Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah. All right. I'm I'm gonna ask you more about that next time. Cool. We're over three hours for turn to We'll be we'll be back. Scratch that last thing, because I think Rogan used to say that. Fuck that. Fuck. <laughs>